sun is coming up slowly I didn't read any lost our sign on mine God knows we're not holy And decisions we make and how we spend our time But I got faster and faster And you got harder to please and you got harder to find And our prayers were answered And we wrote these songs and we lost our minds And all our most brilliant friends are doubting Is it funnier if my pod's broken? Damn, the door didn't release. <laughs> hey, it's me. Ian, Ian, do you remember how we couldn't record for a long time? Yeah. No, I mean, I just woke up, but yes. Well, do you remember how we, we put ourselves in those uh, cryogenic chambers to reserve podcasting skill freshness? I do remember that, yeah. Um, That's how you can tell I'm on the top of my game. <laughs> And how we set them to, to open once something podcast-worthy happened. Oh, geez. Well, yeah, it turns out that being frozen in a cryogenic chamber doesn't result in a lot of podcast-worthy events. Um, but I think mine broke and just kind of kicked me out. So, like, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that seemed... Or a podcast-worthy event happened that we're just not aware of yet. That's the other thing. I don't know what we've built into these machines to detect. Like, what sort of podcast-worthy events can they pick up? Is it just our life? Is it worldwide? Surely nothing uh, depressing and important is happening in the world today. Um, please don't, please don't quiz me on Syria right now because I'm ill-equipped. Oh, me neither. I've been in a cryogenic chamber for oh, an undefined okay. amount of time. Remember? Uh, Wouldn't it have been like four months or one fake week? Uh, well, I think we put ourselves in on October eighth, uh, uh, so like yesterday, and my chamber just failed. <laughs> That's what you get for buying the cheap product on Amazon. Or another website. <laughs> I love that you're. I, I love this bit. I know. I know that's not a great response. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for addressing the bit and uh, you know committing to it. Make sure that it all stays in fiction. <laughs> yeah. Um, as as normal. Um, as, as long as we're in fiction, I do have a little note here for the top of whatever the inevitable next show we do is. Oh, okay. Assu uh, assuming there's mics here and wherever we cryogenically froze ourselves. Uh, yeah, there, there's for sure mics here. Okay. They're, they've been on this entire time. Oh. This is a much more successful podcast, actually, it looks like. Um, the Waiting for Robin Ian podcast, uh, <laughs> which is just an hour's worth of silent audio with occasional beeps from the cryogenic chamber i mean depending how soundproofed i probably also snored um i think a little bit of it made it through not not a ton people were trying to speculate and see what that particular sound was is it just pod machinery is it passing traffic is it someone snoring no one was able to confirm it's also only been one episode since the, we did go into the pods yesterday and they did fail today okay um so they probably won't get, be able to figure it out <laughs> all right i don't know where this bit's going from here also here with Ian and I is uh, my, my normal friend, Ian, uh, is our special friend, Jackie. Hello. Hi, Jackie. Hi. 
Um, Rob, I have some podcast-related news. Oh, I'm not getting back in that chamber. No, it's all right. You don't. Please don't. <laughs> Was Jackie don't just here, not in a pod? I didn't hear any sound effect. Uh, she closed the door very quietly when she came in. I see. She's not a podcast host. Why would she get in a podcast pod? Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure why we did. <laughs> I asked the look, same questions. <laughs> look, we've all made bad decisions in our life, but you know, you just have to like move past it. <laughs> um, so, eagle-eyed listeners to our show might notice that this is episode 28, and it is coming out following episode 14. <laughs> that is because I've grown kind of frustrated with uh, constantly chasing my two-year-old tail. On these episodes. <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry to any friends who have episodes in the backlog, but I'm going to edit new episodes before old ones. So that's why we're going from 14 to 28. And you'll get other episodes as they happen. Um, so hi, Jackie. Hi. Happy October. Happy October. Is that not how you greet everyone? I usually just like make ghost noises at them. I carry around a chain to rattle. I really don't think that those podcasting things really helped me stay at peak form. Because <laughs> I have forgotten how to even have normal human conversation. I think that's just a byproduct of the cryogenic chamber more than anything. Well, that's a nice lie. <laughs> that's very kind. Uh, Rob, I want to clear. I know it's your episode you're supposed to be hosting, but I really just want to clear this one thing out before um, we continue. We've had for like a year and a half here this note on walking in the dark. Okay. Um, that's and, a spooky thing to do. It's October. Yeah. Um, and I basically put it on there because I really, I, I love the feeling when, uh, and I mostly associate this with my childhood home, when you become so like in tune with the place that you are living or staying that you can walk around, not just like without bumping into stuff in the dark, but knowing it like perfectly, like here are the boards that squeak here are, you know. All of the, you know, this thing was left on the floor here, um, and you could theoretically do it with your eyes closed. Um, and you, uh, so so first, is that a thing that, like, excites you guys? Is that a thing that other people care about? Yeah, I mean, that's fun. Like, at my place on uh, 6th Street, it uh, was fun to try to walk directly across from the door from my bedroom straight across the living room to the bathroom and have my hand placed like perfectly for the doorknob i usually didn't get it but it was fun when i did <laughs> being a uh clutter prone person it's it's very difficult to uh i think walk around in the dark like that because there's just stray <laughs> objects that could jump out i mean and also you you've had bubsy for your cat for how long um about 13 years almost yeah D does bubsy sleep in like unknown spaces where she could theoretically be stepped on or mm, it's more fear of kicking her off the bed in the middle of the night she doesn't she will um be in the middle of like walkways and things but she's not asleep she's just kind of lounging at yeah. 2 a.m in the middle of the doorway from the like kitchen to the living room despite the fact that that's, she sees you walking towards her. <laughs> I think you encounter her more often than I do. I do seem to have more nighttime encounters with her, yeah. yeah. Also, when the sun hasn't come up yet before I, when I'm getting ready for work. Uh, it's her prowling hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's such a bummer. I know it's like the most bore, literally the most boring thing to talk about, but it's getting <laughs> dark out and it's really a big bummer to me. It's pretty sad. I don't, 
I don't like it being dark. At least it's uh, not dark when I leave work and dark when I go in. Um, so, so your last apartment had kind of this um, death chute that you called a staircase with really <laughs> steep <laughs> stairs um, in like a big square. Yeah, it was a spiral. It was a, a Trinity house for anybody that's not familiar with it. It's one room per floor with a spiral staircase in the corner connecting each floor. No doors. So so you put on that your new apartment is New Game Plus. Yeah, because the stairs are very steep and very spirally. And if you slip at the top, you go down in a spiral all the way to the next floor. Did you ever super beef it and just go straight down the stairs? No, I made it an entire year at that apartment without ever beefing it once on those stairs. Did anyone? Not even a bit. Uh, not to my knowledge. I almost did. <laughs> A few times. <laughs> but you didn't actually fall. I didn't actually. I caught myself. But it was it was a scary thought because you could probably you'd you'd go all the way down like yeah. <laughs> like a game of mousetrap. <laughs> At least the stairs didn't connect in a circle on the floor down, so it'd be hard for you to roll all the way around. But you could easily like go down the stairs, bounce off the wall across the stairs and then fall backwards and keep going down the other set. Um, I can't remember if this is a thing. I think this is a thing that happened and not a thing I made up in my head. But at the mm-hmm. old Weekend Warriors house at one point, I think that our friend, maybe Genesis, maybe someone else got into like one of those big Rubbermaid storage bins and they tried to push her down the stairs and it just on the first step just turned upside <laughs> down and just <laughs> tossed her spiraling down the staircase. If If it happened, I wasn't there for it. But that sounds like a thing that could have happened there. Yeah. <laughs> I tried that in a pillowcase as a kid, and yes. it wasn't good. <laughs> did you go end over end or did you just get stuck? No, it was just, I thought it would be like sledding, but it was mostly just like bo- 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 <laughs> on your butt. I did a lot of like throwing your butt at step after step on slightly padded uh, staircases and trying to convince myself that it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> that does seem to be like a, a really common thing that kids want to do and i don't understand it like i don't think i ever felt the compulsion to like slide or bump down steps because it didn't seem like it would work well did you not so when i was a little kid i wanted a slide and a fireman's pole in my house for (laughs) getting down the stairs oh for sure i wanted them yeah so so until my parents could get them put in um i just had to make do you know i think i just went out to like the slide in the backyard (laughs) we didn't have the fireman's pole but we did have a slide I did a lot of stair sliding. I also used to always like go up the stairs on all fours. Yes. Like running up the stairs with your hands. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's prime stair climbing. That's how you get up the fastest. Through high school, I did that. I think, yeah, I think I did that for way too long. It's really fun. (laughs) But like something about the stairs of like my parents' house, they were just like, they were the right height. I always wanted to do the pole slide. Down oh. like the the oh. banister, yeah. Um, but I think I tried to do that as a kid. My dad yelled at me. <laughs> I was gonna break it. The uh, the exit stairs for like the upper decks of the Wells Fargo Center are nice because they have two rails that are spaced not like too close together that you can't balance on them, but not too far apart that you can't go between them. So you can just sit down there and it'll like cradle you and you need to slide have you done it yeah it's too fast (laughs) you need a break um bring some gloves 
I will still slide down a staircase like that. I saw someone yesterday um, getting off the subway at Gerard, taking the staircase that way, and he was like a very foreign guy. <laughs> Just, like, some some German 20-ish year old bro uh, sliding down the thing, and I was like, oh man, I should too. Powerful. But, yeah. <laughs> It's a fun move. It's fun. I just don't want to, like, eat it on the steps of the L. Like, one, <laughs> it's going to be embarrassing. Someone's going to post that to the Northern Liberties Facebook group. Two, uh, I'm going to get some kind of disease. I, I don't know if it's going to be bad or really bad, but it'll be one of them. Four, uh, I won't be able to... Uh, I skipped three. Um, <laughs> four... Uh, I won't be able to stand up for a while because no one's going to stop and help me up. They're just going to keep on walking. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, we, Rob and I have talked about this in the past. I forget Rob's answer. But Jackie, did you have anything that you wanted put into your house as a kid? Or like when you imagined a dream house as a young adult or kid that like you definitely would not want now? Ooh. I, I really, really wanted a canopy, like a canopy bed. Really wanted one. My parents wound up getting me this thing. They looked like giant fake like jungle leaves okay. that overlapped my bed. And they were pretty exciting. Like, weren't, you know, it wasn't the same enclosed feeling as like the canopy that I wanted. But I was like, all right, this is still cool. Um, they were up there probably from like elementary school until I was like in high school or college. And the amount of dust that accumulated on top of those things was like absolutely <laughs> oh, disgusting. Something um, I hadn't thought of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you gotta clean it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or just never move it. Or just don't think about it. Yeah, that's that's the real one. Don't yeah. think about it. Um, Rob slept like that in college. <laughs> with, a canopy? Hmm? with a canopy bed, or yeah, I took um. The wardrobes that we had were the width of the twin beds. So I put one at the foot of my bed. I put one up by the head of my bed, which left a little bit of space <laughs> to the side that I could get in and out. I covered that up with a flag. Um, and then over the top, I um, put a... We got some um, extra like bed frame posts that you used to make like loft beds out of dorm beds. And I put a fitted sheet over that. So it was enclosed on all sides. And I was up against the corner. So completely so cool. enclosed. Yep. And at the one end on the uh, foot of the bed, on the other bed frame, I lashed a TV to it and would wake up and play Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> the pod. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you know where I got my ideas for cryogenic pods. I think Kevin also had a much worse version of this. <laughs> I also had a much worse version of this, aside from the one that I did. The other one I did was on the floor. That was the one Kevin did. Oh, really? I didn't know that he did that. He did it like right when he moved into Drexel his sophomore year. Hmm. Um, and honestly, I think if you have a roommate, it's not a terrible plan because you get a lot more privacy. That's true. You hmm. do have to be on the floor, which not ideal, but... I don't know. I like my mattress. I had the mat that same year I had my mattress on the floor. And I would totally, like, it was nice to be able to roll out of bed as a motivation. <laughs> then be like, I'm on the floor. I don't want to stay here too long. Also, if you're, like, very hungover, you have a nice cold tile floor there. Oh, no, I wasn't drinking then. But, That's you know, true. if I got back to yeah. it. <laughs> if I ever move back to the dorms. 
My sister lived in that one uh, weird South Philly house where she had a she had a very large bedroom, but it also had like a really nice big walk-in closet. And for whatever reason, she decided that the mattress was going to go in the closet. Like the twin bed was the exact size of the floor print of the walk-in. So like you went in her room, there was like a sofa, a TV set up. And you're like, oh, where's the bed? And then you open a closet and it's just like one little room. That's very a, cool. With a mattress. <laughs> yes. In some ways, I kind of like that. But in other ways, they also had a lot of roaches. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely don't want that part of that house. <laughs> uh, I never saw it, but the always elusive Denny Wilgoose <laughs> apparently mm. stayed in our friends Dylan and Kristoff's closet. But I don't <laughs> think he stayed in like a giant closet that you could fit a bed into. I think they just had like a weird room where there was like a void space next to the room that you could kind of like go into. And even though he was paying for rent in our apartment, he would just smoke weed and then go sleep like in their closet void. <laughs> that sounds 100% right for everything I know from that house and about Denny. Yep. Um, I also think Murphy bed I would also want as a kid because it was in every cartoon. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the Wallace and Gromit uh, trousers uh, contraption. I also wanted. The trousers themselves or the one to let you slide from the bed into your pants? I want my Murphy-type bed to just pick me up and put me into my pants two legs at a time. Oh, I have another. I have, I wanted a bunk bed for a really long time. Oh, and yeah. I got one as well um, at my mom's house. But uh, it's one. Of the, it seemed really exciting as a kid, but... Like, you can only put a twin bed in a bunk bed. And I think by the time I was, like, high school or, like, coming home from college, it was, like, such a fucking hassle to climb that bunk bed. And it would, like, (laughs) shake and creak. And I'd get to the top and be like, ugh, why am I so large for this? Oh, so you didn't sleep sleep in a bunk bed with your sister? No, it was for me. I just wanted one. I also had a bunk bed for for myself. Oh. I think I... I think I had like got it from a cousin or something like that. Yeah, mine was cool. It had it had a futon on the bottom, so oh. it was like a couch oh, in my room. I know it was really cool. Um, it was the most uncomfortable futon <laughs> ever, which is why I slept on the top bunk most of the time. But it was nice if I had friends sleep over, if my room was uh, clean enough. <laughs> if not, they could just stay in one of the many nests. Yes, <laughs> they could in the drifts of clothing. I always wanted um, a loft bed, but I never, one, never got around to it, and Mm. two, the one time I, when I tried to do, like, my reverse loft bed, which is how I ended up sleeping on the floor for spring term of freshman year, I found out that it's way too unstable to put all that kind of stuff on a uh, Drexel bed frame. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. There's no good way to make a stable top for that. Um, Got my desk, got a dresser up there, put a desk chair up there sat on it for three seconds and said no (laughs) no i'm done i've created a death trap yeah it was scary um my little brother evan and i slept in a bunk bed until i was 16 and he was like 13 or 12 um and i was on the top bunk mostly sometimes i was on the bottom bunk uh so we didn't even it wasn't even like strictly assigned That'd be so strange. Um, But sometimes I would, on on the top bunk, eventually we 
moved it and our room was like pretty small and had a ceiling fan and i have just been nailed by a ceiling (laughs) fan so many times because like when we didn't have there's like the safety banister so you don't roll the roll off the bed and Mm -hmm. we would move that sometimes and so then other times i would try and just jump into bed off the ground um and i would get like to the point that you're trying to pull yourself out like you're in a swimming pool and then get hit by the ceiling fan and fall. <laughs> <laughs> and this was a multiple occurrences <laughs> event. At the one uh, apartment my dad lived at, we ended up with too many like beds for that apartment. So uh, my brother and sister were still really young. They were staying in his room. I ended up with like a trundle bed that had... Sorry, what's a trundle bed? Trundle bed is a bed that has a, another bed on like wheels that you can roll out underneath it. Oh. Um, so like the that's the trundle part. Um, I have no idea why it's called a trundle bed, but it's a great name. But I had like a box spring and two or three mattresses on top of my bed and then the trundle bed mattress. So it was a big climb to get on top of the bed unless you use the one mattress as a trampoline (laughs) and jumped on it and did a cool half turn and landed on your back and went to sleep. Were you the princess in the pee? Um, I don't think anybody ever put me through that kind of rigor to see if I was worth it. Maybe they didn't. You just failed so hard. You didn't even know you were being tested. That's possible, but they should have gotten rid of me and found someone else that was more worthy. (laughs) We're not quite at this part of the show but i really think that children's media mostly sucks also <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll, we'll circle back to that i i had that same um bunk bed which was a twin bed up until marissa and i moved in together oh the... i didn't i didn't have it as a bunk but um except for when i lived in furnished places i it was my bed it was the bed i was using i think i bought I bought a whole new bed when I moved out of the dorms. I wanted a queen bed, and I found a cheap um, memory foam mattress at a surplus store. Mine was my childhood bed. I brought it from my dad's house. But it was getting up there. Still loved it. Yeah, I like don't want to get rid of it, but I also have zero need. Do you still have it? For, what, the twin bed? Yeah. Yeah, I moved it back to my parents. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I had, like... I had a handful of beds growing up, so I don't have like a, a classic childhood bed. The classic bed. The classic bed. But the last bed I had at my parents' house, I broke, which was nice. mildly embarrassing. Not nice. Not nice. <laughs> I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden, the bed rail on the side just cracks in <laughs> half. It's like, okay, I guess I should lose weight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just imagining you. I know it's not true, but I'm imagining every bed you ever owned just being a race car bed. <laughs> I've never had a race car bed. I also wasn't really into like the race car bed thing. <laughs> you would want like a 1989, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Sob bed. <laughs> I mean, now, yeah, sure. Give me that uh, like Saab 99 turbo bed. Perfect. Um, Back then, I would have wanted, like, I don't know, a steam train, probably. But the steam train bed yes. wouldn't have been accurate enough, and it would have made me upset. What about a bed from, like, a sleeper car? Uh, that would have been good. Like, the kind that you... I mean, not, like, Murphy bed-esque, but, like, that you can fold up against the wall. And yeah. Then, 
There's a weird toilet in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. I would have liked that as like a five-year-old. <laughs> train cabin themed room. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how you live in a closet. You just make your room train cabin themed. Oh, that's fun. You live out of a, a piece of carry-on luggage and that's it. Rob's just passing through. Just a drifter. <laughs> On my way to the next town. Did you ever want to like ride the rail? Like not not in the way that like one gets romantic for you know America as painted in media. But did you ever want to, for the sake of liking trains, like ride the rails? Yeah, I still want to. Yeah, I'd love to take like a long extended trip uh, on uh, like Canada Rail and Amtrak. I'm more asking about like hop and freight. I don't want to do that. Oh, no, thank you. Okay, so I figured you would want to take a like long, nice train ride, but you never wanted you never wanted to just like hop in a passing train. Not really. I mean, there's there's one thing kind of like that that I wanted to do related to scouts, um, where they went on a canoe trip and like above the Arctic Circle in Canada, and the way that they got pulled out was they had to flag down a passing Canada rail train that had a boxcar on it, and the conductor jumped out and started shouting at them very loudly to throw their canoes in the car because they had to get back on on schedule. (laughs) And then they got to go in a regular passenger train for the rest of the way back. Was this planned? Yes. Okay. They knew that they were going to stop, but they had to like get to a particular spot and be there to flag the train. Okay. If they weren't there, the train just would have kept going. This is just the thing this train is... Okay. It's the thing they planned. Oh. But I didn't get to go That's on That's really trip. cool. Yeah. No, I would have liked to do that, but I don't, I don't really have any desire to ride the rails. I was still romanticizing that as late as, like, you know, age of 22 or something. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, like, a romantic aspect to it. I'd say, but like, I don't know, after making like my 17th can of beans in a boxcar, I don't think I'd like that very much. Also, I feel like there's not a bunch of boxcars with open doors to ride in. There's not a bunch of other covered freight cars. I didn't do too much research. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and concede this may not have been a, a well thought through or good plan. So it's October, the spooky month, um, and for... First time in, I think, maybe ever for me, we're planning a Halloween party, which definitely want people to be there in costumes. So what's your guys' favorite costume and least favorite costume? It could be either like a costume you wore that's your favorite or one that you were really jealous of that someone else wore or like your least favorite costume that you got forced to wear or you thought it was going to be really cool and then it wasn't. So, so I feel like this is maybe like a stereotype answer and not actually the worst costume I ever wore. Um, but when I was a little kid, we had this like bunny costume, like basically the exact one from A Christmas Story uh, that I wore in a play my sister put on in our backyard. <laughs> so not quite Halloween, but I'm sure that I also got put into it for a Halloween at some point. Amazing. This is like five-ish. Yeah, I really peaked. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a best? Oh, a vest? Like a best Halloween costume, oh. favorite Halloween? Well, I'm trying to think about it because okay. there was a while where I didn't do it. Um, I- I've done a lot of very low effort Halloween costumes. I mean the the robot the cardboard robots you made weren't Halloween. Oh my was god! That yes. Halloween? No, no, that was Halloween. That was okay. absolutely it. 
Um, we made these. We weren't good enough to make transformers, but freshman year, Corey and I made these cardboard robots that we built ourselves into. <laughs> and then we walked down to the subway at 34th Street from Millennium. Uh, took the subway to 69th Street, transferred to a different train, uh, and went to our math teacher's house, and he was not home. <laughs> no. So we just stood outside his house. Um, it, it was very fun. That, yeah, that's definitely the best Halloween costume I've ever done. I love the uh, like the videos and pictures of that night with the costumes slowly deteriorating from wear and tear. <laughs> yes. Uh, they, were, they were maybe not made well. Um, we shouldn't have made cardboard shoes when planning to walk several miles. Yeah. Um, that didn't go well. Uh, these people on the subway tried to get us to fight, and we decided that robots only fight with defensive moves. <laughs> we just kept flexing at each other and doing, like, sword, just, like, defense. Um, and it wasn't miserably hot. It, I think that was, like, a pretty cool um, Halloween. So that's probably the best. What what would the worst be? It was probably some for me. I'm gonna have to think more on this. I'm gonna guess it was just like something in high school where I was expecting to be very good at <laughs> making a costume and wasn't, <laughs> and was perpetually um, embarrassed. That's definitely my worst. Um. So in fifth grade, I was really obsessed with this book series called Witch, which was um, an Italian, like, graphic novel slash, like, small book series, kind of, like, magical girl themed. Um, And there were, like, a shit ton of these books. They were, I don't know if they were released monthly, but they were, like, really, really small uh, paperbacks. And they usually had, like, a comic in the beginning um and there were like 30 of them either way i was obsessed with them i really wanted to be one of the magical fairy girls from witch for halloween um but obviously couldn't find that costume anywhere in stores so i decided i would make it okay um and i got one of my friends to do it with me so we were both gonna be like these witches um but their outfits were mostly like mini skirts and crop tops and like these weird like striped stockings and pixie wings so like wound up buying a bunch of clothes from like Kohl's or Gap or something and like cutting it into like weird crop top and like I don't know wound up just looking like haggard <laughs> wearing like tattered robes and I like I couldn't find the striped stockings so I try to draw stripes on them with a magic marker. Yes, yes, yes. But then once you put them on, they stretch out <laughs> and they just look like weird splotches. It was it was really bad. And I wore it to school and everything. So mm. that was fun. You committed at that point. I committed. Like, yeah. I was all for it. Um, best costume, though, was I was probably like four. I was really little. But um, when I was in like preschool or even like before preschool i was really obsessed with the wizard of oz and i used to watch it like i used to watch it every day and i'd watch it on repeat like when it ended i'd press rewind and i'd watch it again and like my siblings would come home from school and they'd yell at me because they wanted to watch something and i'd be like watching this movie but back in the day like my mom um would like make our Halloween costumes by hand, yep. which was really cool. And she always did like such a phenomenal job. And I still have this dress. She made me this like little Dorothy costume 
And it's like the cutest thing ever. She spent so much time. She did like all the little details down to like it had little like lace, like lining on the sleeves. Um, and I got to wear a pair of ruby red slippers, which like they were just like red like flats with like glitter on them but it like blew my mind and i wanted to wear these slippers to school every single day um but i wasn't allowed to i was only allowed to wear them on special occasions but i was dorothy and then we didn't have a toto doll like we couldn't find one or something so i had a stuffed animal of wishbone yep from (laughs) wishbone dog detective he was like jack russell or something um but yeah that was my my dwarfy costume, <laughs> as I would have said as a four-year-old. That's awesome. Is great. My mom made me, I, I don't know why. I want to say it could have been like a previous year's M&M costume or something. I don't know. M&M the candy? Yeah, yeah or, M&M the okay. candy. Okay. When I was a little kid, my mom made me a Poliwhirl costume. Aww. Which, aw, but also like not the Pokemon I would have picked, but it's basically <laughs> a blue circle. So it it's very easy. easy. A good choice for a parent. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. But it was like that. And I wore a beret with it. A beret? <laughs> my mom had a weird amount of berets in the house. I, like my mom has kind of like always loved French things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just had berets and I would just wear berets to school till I was like Aww. 11. <laughs> sounds, sounds kind of right. Yeah. Um, any any faves or worsts for you, Rob? Um, I think my worst is probably the time that it should have been really good. Um, I was trying to get my family to do uh, a group costume as Little Red Riding Hood, um, and they were all on board until Halloween night. The only person who actually committed to the costume with me was my baby cousin, who my aunt dressed up and all the other people that were going to dress up bailed. So I'm there dressed as the granny from little red riding hood <laughs> and no one else is dressed up. And it's just me as an old lady, which still wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but it like could have been so much better. Yeah. Um, best costume. I think it's a tie kind, kind of um, probably the best is when I went as the Titanic um with like a whole like hull that my dad made out of chicken wire and um construction paper also up there is the time i went to school in eighth grade i think as bird flu um (laughs) and i just taped a bunch of green feathers to a white t-shirt and started sticking them on people throughout the day and telling them they got bird flu topical it was very topical (laughs) and very fun um and I gave my music teacher a nightmare with it. So Yikes. it's the scariest Halloween costume I've ever worn, I guess. I was going to say about your Titanic costume, I've seen the photo, and I think one of the best parts about it is that you are both the captain and the ship. Mm-hmm. I am Captain E.J. Smith, and I'm wearing the Titanic. And you are wearing the Titanic. Yes. My mom and went the- to great lengths to find a pipe that wasn't a corn cob the pipe corn for that costume. Pipe. Uh, no, what was it? It was an actual pipe. She bought oh. me an actual pipe for that. Nice. Because we couldn't find a um, uh, like a prop mm-hmm. pipe that wasn't a corn cob. Very nice. And I refused to use a corn cob pipe because that is not what E.J. Smith smoked. Oh, man. Um, I love the idea of a corn cob vape. <laughs> it's not really a response to anything Hold you on. said. Let's see. Google. Mm, I feel like I should have put that in incognito. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
it's worth a it's worth a look everybody <laughs> i recommend it um i think I, I i have figured out i think what my two worst costumes were um but first i want to talk about another couple that went okay um one was i don't think we've talked about rob mcgatt on this program but rob mcgatt was a guy who went to my high school went to college and then came back to do the same av stuff he did as a high schooler for hmm. the school hmm. like just got immediately hired to the school and like we merce we were mean high schoolers we mercilessly like made fun of him mostly not to his face mm-hmm um, and one year I dressed up as him for Halloween. That's, <laughs> oh, no. That's probably, and I walked around holding a lap, like, sp- he notably always speed walked and always had a laptop in one hand. And, like, <laughs> so so I walked around doing that. Um, Was he good humored about it? Did he not know? He knew, I think, if he wasn't good humored about it, he put on a good face when he was in front of a crowd. Because okay. we had like a costume competition every year, and mm-hmm. I just like went up and pretended to do AV things while other people were doing the costume competition. <laughs> um, that's probably the one I regret the most. <laughs> I don't know. On the other hand, that's a great. If if he was at all in on it, like if there wasn't mean spirited or anything, then I think that's a great costume and a great joke. The problem was that it was definitely mean spirited. Yeah, I <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Regre- regret the um, the intention, but yeah, the joke. Um, one year, I took a pumpkin and I carved a face into it, and then I cut the bottom off the pumpkin and I wore it around all day. Stanky. Was, what was it? Stanky. Probably. <laughs> I was also stanky though, as a high school boy. <laughs> pumpkin was probably. Uh, mm, I don't know. It mostly just like bounces around on your head and is uncomfortable. And part of the like stem from the top is present within the pumpkin. Hmm. <sighs> Mostly and... I'm thinking is like, how does pumpkin smell and like gross teenage boy smell combine? Probably not well. <laughs> or there'd be a lot of pumpkin scented deodorant. Yeah. <laughs> Axe pumpkin. Pumpkin spice. (laughs) (laughs) That's way better, damn it. Um, And then probably, like, the worst is in just not good was, I think in 2006, I went as, like, a voting booth. Mm. I was also topical. Get out and vote. Yeah. (laughs) For the the midterm elections coming up. (laughs) Oh, maybe it was 2008. Maybe it was for Obama. That would have made more sense. Yeah. But I didn't like know anything about Obama. It was probably 2006. I think it was just a year. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been great if it wasn't even a midterm year. Yeah. It's just a <laughs> random year. Are you guys, do you have costumes picked out for this year? You don't need to tell me what they are. Um, but do you have your costumes picked? I think so. I think so too. Uh, I've created a poll and the poll has so far spoken unanimously. Are you dressing up as mild salsa? <laughs> no, um, because it uh, doesn't have an actual poll function in Facebook groups as far or events as far as I can tell. Um, hmm. So I'm dressing as a spooky witch or a spookier witch, depending. Oh. If I can oh, find a way to make a spookier witch, we'll see. Um, I might be an Instagram baddie. Okay. Which? Baddie? Baddie. I don't know that one. Um, it's like a girl who is popular on Instagram takes a lot of like selfies. There's just like a very particular aesthetic. Okay. That goes with it. Um, so 
I was hoping my sister would be around to help me with my makeup, but I guess I'll be doing it myself. But it's going to be probably like a ton of contour. Think like Kylie Jenner. Like if you know, <laughs> if, if you can't Listeners. picture who that is, never mind. I tried. Uh, Google Kylie Jenner. It's going to be like big winged eyeliner and like big overlined lips okay. and like a lot of like highlighter. Wendy might give me a wig nice. to wear. Might see if I can get some stick on nails. Yeah, you could just go get those gel nails you got like a couple oh God, months no. ago. <laughs> not, ag- I, not again. <laughs> um, are uh, is a baddie? Is that someone of our generation, older, younger, or just? Uh... Um, mostly our generation or younger. Okay, like, but Gen Z maybe. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot. Of, there's the Insta baddie. There's the Visco girl. Uh, e girl. I might be somewhere between I, an e girl. Yeah, so. So maybe somewhere between an e girl and a and a baddie. I don't know any of these things. You got to get with the times. I'm so out of it. Got to get don't know with what the, what the kids like. are doing on the internet. Mm, probably out on web pages doing. They're not on forums. Commerce. <laughs> I, I <laughs> GeoCities. <laughs> They really work those construction guys hard on GeoCities. <laughs> Who do you think keeps all those multiple scroll panes working? Um, I might go. I, I'm annoyed because every year I like it's November 3rd and I think of an idea for a Halloween costume and then I, I'm like, I don't need to write that down. It's so good. And then <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't write it down. Uh, this most recent year I wrote down Qui-Gon Jinn because yeah. it was the first person I thought of with long dark hair who is a guy. Um, but I might go as Link. We'll see. That'd be okay. fun. Did I ever show you my friend's Link costume from the sixth grade? No. Um, Ooh, it's, sh- should I amazing. show it now or after Please the podcast? <laughs> if you go as Qui-Gon Jinn, can you drink gin drinks throughout the night? Oh, that would be funny. We'll figure out some drinks to make to uh, to go with it. I think I'll just empty a glow stick into my gin and just mm. drink it like that. That's what you're supposed to do. What, what color? Um... And green, I think, right? Uh, oh, for his lightsaber. Okay. I was going with like a back to tank kind of thing. I think they're <laughs> blue. I forget what colors you drop in Battlefront 2. Yeah, I don't know. I think red was ammo. But I never picked it up. I just went to the gonk droids. For <laughs> Good old gonk droids. Always there for me. Giving you ammo. Making fun gonk noises. Being more prevalent than whoever was the health droid. Getting their feet burned in Jabba's palace droid torture room. <laughs> no one remembers their sacrifice. Okay, I since I got a new phone, I lost the photo. Oh no! But oh, I'll no. find it later and I'll send it to you. But I've seen it. It's extremely good. It was very good. It was sixth grade. My friend made a homemade Link costume. Yes. Uh, she was a, a female Link. Um, uh, yeah, the whole thing was really good. It's not it's not in any way a poorly done costume. It's just like It's full it you can feel the sixth grade awkwardness yeah, like emanating yeah, from yeah. it strongly. The aura that comes out of the picture and, like, is intense. The flash was on when someone took the photo. <laughs> like her mom is definitely taking the photo. She looks really kind of like angry. Like she's not smiling. I don't know if she's like trying to do a serious face because she's Link or like 
just because she's mad at her mom taking the photo. But it's like it's it's got a whole aura about this picture. So this is not. I was imagining in my head that this was like a woods near a house. Oh no, it's like in her dining in room. Yeah, no, yeah, it's inside the house. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's really good. Um, did you guys have anything specific that you channeled that uh, energy into as awkward sixth graders? I definitely wanted to be a ninja and we'd make like shuriken out of paper and read Naruto. <laughs> Amazing. I liked playing ninja. Like we would play ninja yeah. on the beach. What What is playing ninja? Is that like it, the name of a game or just like being sneaky? Playing ninja would be like me. So me and Emily would be down like at her parents' shore house in the summer and we'd go to the beach at night when there's no one there and we'd run up and down and like do kicks and stuff Yes, <laughs> under the moonlight. Amazing. That's playing ninja. I never, I never did that, but I had a game where you had to stand face to, f- I forget like what this is called or if it's just a common game where you had to stand face to face with someone, try to hit their hands with yes. your hand. Yeah. yeah. I guess you can also play it in a group. I knew that game and it was called ninja. Oh, maybe that's what I'm that's, thinking of. That yeah. was the game that I knew as ninja. <laughs> I played that, but I don't think I played that till I got to high school. Hmm. But that was a lot of fun. I took up a lot of time at summer camps with that. Yeah, no. I think I think I channeled a lot of my sixth grade energy into like video games and anime. Yes. <laughs> That's a I good life. I, yeah. I guess I channeled it into Legos. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you didn't have a lot of like pop culture experience. No, so I didn't. I didn't have. Like, you just had your Legos. Pretty much, I had that in like the History Channel, so yeah. I watched like World War II documentaries and built planes. You were a different type of nerd, <laughs> <laughs> a different breed. Yeah, mm-hmm. doing commerce. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. I was learning what YouTube was. <laughs> do you remember your first YouTube video? I do. What is it? Um, salad fingers. Oh, see, which is I... weird because it was like a Newgrounds video or something. I still don't think I've seen Salad Fingers, but I've seen so many things about Salad Fingers. There's we a can Salad watch Fingers it later. Like street art near us. Yeah, there is. We could watch it later. Someone was like playing it at work a couple weeks ago because someone was like, oh, I've never seen that, but I've heard of it. And they were like, okay. And then they put it on. And I was like, oh, God. Why? No. I think the first YouTube video I saw wasn't even... It was a video someone had downloaded from YouTube. I think it was Cunningham Muffins. Oh, that was an early one. That was good. They had it on their iPod on a camping trip. (laughs) It was weird. That guy's a legend. He did that in shoes, but I don't remember. Shoes? Text message breakup? No. I didn't have... That was another, like, Kelly video. I I still had dial-up at that point, I think. Oh. Yeah. He had a few others that were great. I missed out. Mine was definitely the OK Go treadmill dance. Oh, yeah. And then the next morning, I made sure to show my mom. (laughs) (laughs) I think I showed my mom that video, too. So good. Still watch it. (laughs) I haven't seen that in a long time. It's good. I used to watch the uh, This Too Shall Pass video pretty frequently, though. Yes. Also great. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I remember watching a lot of, like, Death Cab for Cutie music videos. Like, anything. I was like, oh, it's all here. YouTube. It it felt like it didn't suck then. <laughs> like, it was still like a wild west. Yeah. Uh, back in the day. And it's weird now because I think I definitely had a phase like early high school where I got very into like YouTubers and like 
I was really into like the YouTube beauty like gurus um and like vloggers and stuff and it was still like like you know 2007 2008 2009 like these people were just starting and I think there was like a certain like rawness to it whereas like now yes. like that those same channels are very like cultivated it's almost like a tv show you're watching and I'm like I can't watch it anymore or if I go like sometimes I'm just curious and I go back I'm like is this person still a lot of them aren't still like on YouTube or whatever they've since like I feel like you either build it into like some crazy business or you just like leave it behind but it's always weird to go back and watch them and see like what they're up to now I'm like oh god you've become like some weird like commercial baby it it, it, like I, I feel like at that time, at least in like the three that I ever watched, it was stuff. There, there was no expectation that you would ever make money off of it, yes. unless maybe you sold a shirt and got like a couple hundred dollars after several years. Mm-hmm. So it was like people making a thing to, like, I just, just want to make share. videos of myself. Yeah, and it was very cool. I think. No, totally. But now it's like a thing that like oh, I want to start doing this at, like, it feels like so many of them seem like I'm going to start doing this as a thing. I'm going to become a personality and influencer. I think that's almost like where it always goes badly is like, I feel like a lot of the channels I've watched, if you've watched from the early days, there's always that video where it's like, I've decided YouTube is my full-time career. And they'll like make an announcement. And then that's when it starts to like, like they take time off of their day job or whatever they quit their day job so that they can focus on it and build it but then it becomes like starts to become ingenuine and kind of like this big thing that loses what people were interested in um who do you have you gone back and watched any videos that were old videos from these people ooh i haven't done that in a while but i would be interested to do that it is weird to go back and see like old videos And you're like, this is why I liked this person. And then you're like, oh, my God, why is it like 480p or whatever? Yeah, that's strange when you come across a really old video that's just, yeah. you go to check the resolution, make sure that you set it to HD. Oh, yeah. It's only 240 and 480. Yeah. Did you ever have aspirations, either of you, of being a YouTuber? I don't think so. I did. Yeah? (laughs) I think, like, I think, like, when it came, when it was becoming a thing, it was so exciting and I think it does, or it did have that draw where it's like, you can be part of it too. Yeah. Like everyone's out here just like creating content and like you can be a part of it too. And like my friends and I would like make videos, like stupid videos and stuff just to upload it to YouTube. Like not really thinking like this is going to blow up or anything, but just to like share yeah something stupid or funny that we created. Um, but I don't know if YouTube's still like that or not. I don't know. Um. Uh, were so you and I have previously watched a music video your friend made that you were a part of. Yes. Was this during that same time or was that following or? That was like a little bit after. I think our prime like YouTubing days were probably like late middle school, maybe like freshman year of high school. That was probably like my senior year. We made that video and that was actually for um like a a film and media class that she was taking. Okay. It wound up on YouTube because I think it was a stupid funny thing that we made that she just decided to upload. But yeah, that that was kind of like past the point that we were really into 
hanging out and being like, let's make a video sort of thing. I, I had like that same aspiration, but I, I think I like asked one year for like a video camera when I was in like, yeah. you know, eighth grade or something like, oh, I'm going to get really into film. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us had that phase. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. fun. It was fun. My friend and I definitely got into it. We When we started doing it, she had her dad's like film camcorder. And there are some old like film videos of us. These are probably like sixth grade, maybe. Um, and then I remember, I think maybe like seventh or eighth grade, her, her parents got her a digital camera that could like film. That's where it really took off. I think the only thing I ever remember filming was in um, my senior year, one of our classes, we were doing this um, section on silent movies. And it was a pass-fail class that we had essentially, everybody had already passed. So my partner and I didn't care at all about this. But he had an old silent movie camera and silent movie film. So we were like, okay, instead of doing a presentation, let's just make a silent movie. And we made a very low-effort, low-budget silent movie that we did in one take because we didn't feel like cutting and editing the film. So we just stopped and started at each scene, <laughs> one take per shot. And that apparently got rave reviews. I wasn't there when our teacher watched it, but like, she liked it. You didn't even it. show up? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I had already figured out that if I didn't go to any more of those classes for the rest of the year, I would still be under the limit where like I wouldn't lose points for attendance. <laughs> so I didn't go. It's such a weird mix of like wanting to follow the rules, but also wanting to follow the exact minimum amount of the rules. <laughs> yeah, I had no interest in that class and I just didn't want to get in trouble with it. So once I could safely get away from that, I just ignored it. But yeah, I don't think I ever had any, like, dreams of becoming a YouTuber or, like, I don't think I've posted anything on YouTube. Well, I don't think you, I feel like you didn't really get into YouTube, right? That's true, too. I didn't really get like into the, it until at college. At the same age as us. Yeah. You didn't really get into it until now. <laughs> now <laughs> that true. I make you watch I don't make me watch. things I'd... I unearth on YouTube. <laughs> I voluntarily watch people eat old military rations. <laughs> <laughs> Watch people cook, uh, I mean, normal but strange to be Japanese food. <laughs> um, do you have any YouTubers you watch now? Like lifestyle, lifestyle or the, where, where the thing is not, where they don't really have a theme, where it's just people like diarying? Like um, hmm. Not a ton. No, I don't have anything that's just like slice of life like that that I watch. I like occasion, like I like to watch videos of I guess those are like travel videos, though. Yeah. I like watching videos of people like abroad, but I don't know. I don't know if that's like a theme channel or not. Um, I like cooking videos and then also just like weird ones, like people eating old military rations. <laughs> yeah. There's one channel that we watch that's like very soothing and great to fall asleep to. That's just a guy who will eat whatever military ration he can get, essentially. Some of them are brand new things. Sometimes they're hard tack from the Civil War. It's always a surprise. It's always a surprise. Sometimes it's a gross surprise, like the time he opened a can of green beans from the Vietnam War, and it was so swollen with botulism that it sprayed green beans in his face. <laughs> Sometimes they look like meals I actually want to eat. What makes this good to fall asleep to exactly? 
exactly. He's very soft spoken and very um It's like, like even wholesome and there's no positive. background noise. Yeah. It's like it's just like the sound of him like stirring glasses and opening cans and he's like like just oh. gently like describing yeah, he's the like, contents of this M- right. MRE. <laughs> this has a really nice savory smell. Um smells kind of like uh, some beef and celery and looks like there's some carrots in there. All right. Let's let's get this <laughs> yeah. out on a tray. <laughs> yeah, just a very nice, calm like video. Except for the times when like the thing is just so foul that he can't stomach it. Or like if there's maggots in it or something. That I happened like once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. That's just funny. <laughs> That's just comedy. But no, I mean, aside from that, that's like most of what I watch on YouTube. Yeah. And regular car reviews. I've been watching them for years. Oh, I, used, I liked craft channels a lot, too. Like DIY sort of mm, stuff. Okay. Um, and a lot of those have gone away, which makes me sad. There used to be like a really big like crafting community on YouTube where I think it was like people sharing very like original like projects I was, like, super into those, I think, when I was, like, in high school and, like, getting out my sewing machine and, like, trying to do a project that I saw, like, some girl do on YouTube. Um, That's so cool. That's, like, still the kind of person I want to be. (laughs) (laughs) But I think a lot of those channels have, like, devolved into very, like, Pinterest-y type stuff or they've just, like, disappeared. But, yeah, no, that was, like, a thing I was into for a while. And I think that also stems from, like, being a high schooler in my, ho- like, hometown. Like, me- like I didn't have a ton of money, so I was, like, going thrifting and then being able to, like, make my own clothes and, like, looking at these YouTube videos and these girls. And they're like, yeah, we're going to make, like, this is a really trendy, like, headband or something. And, like, I'll show you how to make one so you don't have to buy one and, like, things like that. What, what is your oldest piece of, um, like, ha- personally made clothing um, or accessory? Hmm. I have a jacket that I didn't necessarily make it. I bought it at a thrift store. I, like, bleached it mm-hmm. um, and, like, studded it. And I think I, pa- I painted the buttons on it and stuff. Um, and I've had that probably since, like, late high school, early college. Yeah, there were some things that I held on to, but I, like, I would wear them a lot, and I think they started to, like, degrade over time, so mm-hmm. I threw away some stuff, and then recently I've actually donated some stuff that I, like, altered, that I was like, maybe I'll just, like, give it back to the thrift store, and someone else will buy it, and it'll, like, keep living on. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's cool. <laughs> like, I know it's kind of like a boring response, but that's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I didn't have a ton of, like, super successful projects, I think. Um, what well, what would make one of those successful? I Like, I would try to make stuff. I wasn't, like, because I wasn't really trained how to, like, sew correctly or, like, make a pattern correctly. I was just kind of, like, watching people do it on YouTube. And I was like, this is a thing I can kind of figure out how to do. I think I just, like, made a lot of things that, like, didn't fit me or, like... Mm. Um, Maybe they were, like, a little bit ugly or, like, a little bit, like, crooked. Some things, like, I could, like, hem a dress. I used to, like, I would buy skirts or dresses and, like, hem them or 
make shirts into like crop tops or whatever that was like easy but um trying to sew like I think I tried to make shorts one time just like from scratch um and they turned out they looked normal but they were real tiny and I was like (laughs) I don't know what I did wrong (laughs) but these are for children um and then I had like a purse that I made one time but um the strap kept breaking I don't know I was learning back in the day. I think the only, the closest I've come to that is I made a sheath for a knife once so I could take like a, um, like my one Ikea kitchen knife camping nice. and it worked really well. And then my roommate broke the tip of that knife off and it wasn't useful anymore. <laughs> so my sheath became useless. I've definitely bought a shirt from the thrift store and then had Chelsea tell me later it was handmade. Mm-hmm. So I think your clothes oh, yeah. are like fine. I remember that shirt. <laughs> yeah, I still have it. I don't remember anything about the shirt, but I remember Chelsea saying it was handmade. It's like a vaguely orange floral shirt. Um, it's fine. I always get excited when I find stuff at the thrift store that looks handmade, like sweaters or... the Because... Just like, I don't know, just the idea that somebody like made it by hand and uh, that's like exciting um also makes me like slightly sad because i'm like oh someone made this for you and then you donated (sighs) it yeah yeah there's certain things that you see at a thrift store that are just sad yeah (laughs) like the pictures or the frames with the pictures still in them yes (laughs) the paintings yeah there was the one picture frame that i found that was a trifold the center was the suits from cards one of the pictures off to the side was a cheeseburger and the other was raven simone (laughs) and i have no explanation and i don't think one's needed (laughs) i had i had a locket that i bought at the thrift store it was like this is pretty and then i think i got home and i i don't know why i didn't think to open it but i opened it and there was like a picture of someone's kids inside or Mm. something and i was just like hmm Hmm. feels weird it is kind of strange when you go into a thrift store and you can tell that there was a large donation from one person recently oh, yep. yeah like the time yes. that we were at uh at red white and blue and we found all of those crazy cowboy boots five yeah like 500 pairs of cowboy boots all a women's size seven and all in like crazy crazy colors, colors. and i'm like yeah. i think dolly parton <laughs> donated these boots yeah, and there, I don't know. There's something about it to me that's when you can tell that someone donated something because they couldn't bear to throw it away. That's, I think, what makes it sad to me sometimes. Oh, yeah. It is sad. I think we did that um, with my aunt. She, When she passed away, she mm-hmm. had um, some music that she had recorded. It was like her on the like electric keyboard. And she made some like she made some pretty cool jams or whatever on this electric keyboard. And she had a like hundreds of cassette tapes that she got made with like album cover and everything that I don't know if she ever did anything with them. Um, so we kept a like a few of them and my grandma was really sad about them. She's like, I don't want to throw them away. Like this was her music. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, why don't we donate them to a thrift store? Because like people out there like not that many people are still looking for cassettes but it's like a niche interest and i think people do look for them like someone out there might just like 
buy it for, you know, whatever, 50 cents and then be able to enjoy her music. And have like the only, I think for some people, they definitely want to like find a thing no one has heard before. Yeah. Like, it's like, who is copy. this person yeah. making these like crazy jams on the, on the electric keyboard? Yeah. So part of the reason that we didn't record for so long and had to go into our cryogenic tubes um, was that all of us have been moving. I mean, pretty much like a, a lot of everybody that we're friends with have been moving too, but specifically the three of us and also Marissa have been moving. And this is the first time we're recording in any of those places. Oh, yeah. It's tighter than in your old apartment. It's a much bigger apartment, but um, <laughs> we're at a very small table. That's true. Yeah. Um, the current recording setup here does not allow for a lot of uh, table space. There is another leaf to this table that we could bring up, but that would make it even less space for sitting. Um, <laughs> and people are generally needed to record a podcast in some manner. Um, generally. Generally. We haven't, uh, I don't think we have our first completely AI driven podcast, but maybe. So yeah, it was a lot of like change this summer that way. And also uh, the first time I've moved within a year of moving from a previous apartment, which is terrible. And I never want to do that again. It sucks so bad. Uh, I, I kind of hate moving. In, oh, it's the worst. Yeah. In many ways. I think bold the, opinion. <laughs> yeah. I think the worst part of it for me is the number of things that like, how do, how do I put this? It's like, like for some reason, the phrase that's popping into my head, even though it makes no sense is like sin tasks. It's like things <laughs> that I do. Cause you have to do it to move. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. fuck, why did I not do, like that took an hour. And like, I wish I had done that while I was still living here to enjoy it. Does that make sense? Like, like, what kind of stuff are you... What kind of tasks? Sometimes it's something as simple as, like, oh, you know what? Like, if I clean the bathroom... If I clean the tub, the cleaning the tub. I was just going to say cleaning the shower at yeah. the old place before I moved was, like... I was, like, this shower is fucking repulsive. Oh, my God. As I was cleaning it, and I was, like, hey, I lived with it like this for, like, forever. <laughs> yes. I'm just mad that I'm cleaning it now. And then when it was done, it was so nice and clean. I was, like, all right, time to leave. Yeah, and it was like I could have had this nice tub the whole yeah. time. I'm just lazy asshole. Yeah, same. I, I I think part of it to me is that a lot of these like kind of tasks end up being things that I don't notice that I'm upset about. Yeah, like it's such a minor. It's it's like not even the level of like a rock in a shoe. It's like so minor that I don't even notice that this thing is like slowly driving me crazy. <laughs> I think it's also that that kind of stuff builds up really slowly over time. Like, do you notice soap scum on a day-to-day -day basis getting, like, to be more? No, just kind of, like, slippery slopes its way in. Slippery soap. Ah, uh, damn. But you just get used to living with it and forgetting how nice it is to, like, not have a bunch of dust and hair accumulated on your floor or something like that. Yeah. I think that's my problem. I'm really good at, like, ignoring things like that. Like, I'll overlook it until the end of time. And I think when there's, like, I, I'm not a person that will do something unless there's, like, a push to do it. Okay. But I think moving is one of those things where it's yeah. like, well, oh, fuck. Now I got to, like, like, I donated so much clothes when I moved. And I was like, I should have done this forever ago. And I wouldn't have been living with all this 
fucking clutter everywhere. That's a perfect example. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my closet is more usable now. Yeah. Like I had this stuff I wasn't wearing was in the way I felt bad about having sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's one of the other frustrating things about moving is like you have to like assess all your belongings. And I find so many things where it's like, I don't know if I need this, but I don't want to throw it away. And mm-hmm. packing all of those things into boxes is just, like, so frustrating. Yeah. And then having to unpack them. I have plenty of stuff still around here that I'm like, there's no place I want to put this. It can just kind of, like, stay in the box. And then I'm like, well, why am I, why am I keeping it? I don't know. I don't want to get rid of it. Yeah. I have, like, nice binders. That I got. Those are nice. Okay. Yeah, it's like, oh, I have You'll this in those. case I need to go to a college interview. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah, so- sometimes it's like a pair of shoes. Clothing's like such a good one for me. It's mm-hmm. just like. Or I, f- I forced myself to get rid of a lot of craft supplies too. <sighs> and I'm like, I've had this like can of paint or yeah. these like stupid pebbles or whatever for like years yeah and they've sat in this box i've never done a craft with them i'm like well like don't move with it like just get rid of it but it's always that thought like one day i'm gonna wear this or do this thing that that's what gets me and for me it's a little bit also like uh, what thing am i buying now that is these pebbles yeah (laughs) like and why will i fail to use them Totally. Like, what am I not decorating with these pebbles? I don't know. So so I hate moving, and I think that's probably the worst part of it for me. Yeah. What was the worst thing to move? Like the worst? Sing- yeah. Like the worst single object? Yeah. Oh, like in my life? Or oh, this most hmm. recent move? I mean, both. I guess both. I mean, this last move, it wasn't... And you had movers, We had too. movers, so it was different. Yeah. Um. Like, yeah, we had movers this last time, so, like, the physical moving wasn't bad. I'm trying to think what thing that I boxed up. I have all this electronic stuff from, because I used to be, and I'm still trying to be more of, like, an electrical engineer than right now where I'm kind of, like, a systems or mechanical engineer. And so that's stuff that I've unboxed, unboxed most of it, like, once in the last two years. And it's all stuff, it all has, like, good monetary value. It's all a kind of person that I'm actively trying to be more. But for two years, it I could not get myself to use it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably the worst, especially because literally a box of it, like, I could have put in my parents' basement. And instead, we had a, in our bedroom, there was our bed was against the wall. And then I was the right, if I'm lying down in the bed, I'm on the right side. Immediately to my right was a bookshelf we got, um, which, like, you know, had books and some other stuff on it. And then immediately in front of the bookshelf, about the same height as the bed, was a big box full of my electronic stuff that I never put away. And so basically the whole time we lived in that apartment, I was bumping into this box anytime I got into or out of bed. (laughs) This is not probably the worst thing I moved. This is definitely the worst <laughs> thing I moved. <laughs> it, was, it was like in the way. It was a constant reminder of a like person I was not being. Um, it, that was definitely the worst. Mm. As far as worst of all time, I don't know. I never like almost got killed by a fridge or anything. I'm, mm, 
Yeah, does that count things that I've moved for other people then? No, no, no. I'm I'm my own stuff even. Okay. Cuz then it would it might be Nick and Chelsea's fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that our couch was pretty bad. Oh, for here our couch was for sure the worst single item. Yeah. yeah. Could not we went all the way to Hatboro to pick up these couches from Rob's parents' house. Brought it back in the moving truck. And the love seat fit, but the regular sized couch could not like there was... maneuver around the crazy twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took the legs off. We took the, we took door the cushions off. off. We took the door off. And then I wound up slicing the <laughs> back of the couch <laughs> off, or like the what, like the attached cushions. On yeah, the, like, yeah, the cushions yeah, yeah. On the back of the couch um, with a box cutter to see if that gave it any more leverage but it did not and then uh by that point it was had somehow set itself up through the doorway um perpendicular to the hallway just inside of the doorway and the hallway outside of the doorway and was now like kind of lodged in a spot (laughs) where it was now also very difficult to remove from the house also dented the wall Mm -hmm. in our new apartment (laughs) Mm -hmm. which we'll have to eventually fix at least there's paint in the basement uh, um, but yeah, that was for sure the worst. That that's probably the worst. Single and it was the item it was I've the last thing ever. we were moving into. No, right? No, no, that was the last thing we were moving in from the load of stuff from your house, and then we went to my house, and everyone died. That um, was a pretty hellish day. That was a hellish. It was day. also like ninety eight degrees out. It was yeah. It was extremely hot. We didn't have a ton of workforce there. We weren't able to get all the stuff out of my house. That was a long day. (laughs) But like I on this move, I had the same kind of uh, thing that you did with um, your electronic stuff that I did with my Legos. Like they're also like a super space intensive Mm -hmm. sort of activity. So there wasn't a ton of room at my old place to set them up. There's not a ton of room. There's not really enough room here without like monopolizing an entire room for Legos, which is not a thing I want to do. But like same that thing that like I I have a stack that's 7 foot by 5 foot by 2 foot in the basement that's just space that's taken up with it and yeah. I can't use it despite the fact that as much as I make fun of myself for it I do want to be a Lego guy. Yeah. Um but yeah, it it's frustrating to have to like move things like that. <laughs> So y'all just moved in together. Mm-hmm. How's that been? <laughs> it's been it's great. Been great, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It's been wonderful. I'm loving it. I mean, it's really great to come home to Rob every day, which is awesome. Aww. Yeah, that's really great. But also, it's just, like, nice to not have, like, those, like, roommate things that you're always having to deal with and, like... I was saying like last night after we were we were like cleaning up from dinner and I'm like it's so nice that like I know what's in this fridge and like these are my leftovers. I don't have to worry about like maneuvering other people's stuff to make it fit or like what is this in the fridge? Can I get rid of it? Like all of those things. I'm like everything can like be how we like it. And I think Rob and I are also really in sync with like how we like things. 
so it works well you never need to worry about like other people's dishes in the sink mm-hmm. yeah rob does the dishes <laughs> i believe that <laughs> yeah uh, no i did the dishes a lot too yeah you did <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no it's really nice it's nice to like not like to not have the time that you have during the week to see each other compressed mm. artificially like i mean not that we lived far away at all before but like, oh yeah definitely having to plan your week around like oh like this day we'll do my house this day we'll do your house and like we'll see each other these days and yeah whatever having to pack like a weekend's worth of clothes and then take them to work on monday because you were there the whole weekend it's like frustrating yeah. it's nice to not have to deal with that but then also just like you don't need to necessarily plan things you can just have fun sitting on the couch and watching tv mm-hmm. like yeah it's nice to just be able to have time to spend like passively together and just yeah. enjoy life. Definitely. How many, like if, if we rewound like four months, how many nights a week would you guys spend together? Weekends and then usually like one day during the week. Yeah. So like. So like we would do Friday night, Saturday night, sometimes Sunday night. We were doing Sunday nights towards the end, towards bef- like the end towards before the I end. like moved here, moved in together. <laughs> um, you were spending on Sundays a lot at my house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, normally like Friday night, Saturday nights, and then we would try to do a day during the week, maybe two, mm. depending on scheduling. But, um. I mean, there was for a while when I was working in New York, like we only saw each other on weekends. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's a very nice change coming from that, even though it's been like almost two years since that. Yeah. Well, I guess more like a year and a half since been you about a year here. and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's a very nice shift from only getting to see you like two days a week. Mm-hmm. And that time being so compressed, where like mm-hmm. I'm racing down here on a Friday after work and it's like 10 p.m by the time i would get to philly and then i'd be like tired and then having to leave like 6 p.m on a sunday left very little time for us to watch xena all day sunday it was honestly it was you know pressuring our relationship (laughs) not enough time to watch xena um but yeah um we and we can watch disgusting television together all the time which is great yeah i don't need to i don't need to be judged for (laughs) <laughs> oh, 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 so that's more a thing of not living with other people who aren't Rob. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah. like just even having to watch what other people want to watch. Yeah. It can just be our garbage television all the time. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. Uh, on the opposite side of that, Rob, has there been anything that's been really weird about living with another person again? Um. Maybe Bubsy. <laughs> maybe Bubsy, but like I was used to her already. I mean... Just that she's her persnickety self and like likes to have her run of the house. She sleeps where your feet need to be. That's probably the that, weirdest change with her. That she really didn't... puts you off sometimes. Yeah, she never slept on my side of the bed like at all. Yeah. Earlier. Now that we've moved, she's chosen Rob's side of the bed. She always slept by my feet at the old house and like I just was used to it. I, I think I sleep kind of like curled up anyway, mm-hmm. so it didn't matter, but like rob is like actively disturbed some nights because like he's too polite to like i don't want to push her out of the bed move the cat 
And so he's like sleeping crookedly with his feet like, across the bed. Luckily, since Jackie's curled up, there's room for me to lay diagonally <laughs> and put my feet over on her side of the bed then. I'm like, you could literally just like pick her up and put her on the floor and she would not care. I don't know. Maybe she started understanding me because lately she's been getting out of that spot and hiding and like going under the bed when we go to sleep. Maybe. Could just be because I yelled at her the other day. Oh. Now she's scared. Maybe she shouldn't have peed on the shower curtain. Maybe. Am, should I have not peed on the shower curtain? That's not where it goes. <laughs> Ian, you're supposed to use the litter box. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, and all like the weird, dumb, like, quote unquote pranks that I've played at other people's houses. That's never even like passed through my mind as a, for a second. Peeing in the litter box or yeah. in the sh- on the shower curtain? Either. <laughs> I'll say either. <laughs> no, peeing in a litter box. There was some, like, internet meme going around. It was, like, I don't know if it was a real story or not, but it was um, this girl is at, like, some dude's house. I don't know if it was, like, some guy she was dating or whatever, but, or maybe it was, like, during a party and the bathroom was occupied and she, like, wanders into her room and she sees the litter box on the floor and is, like, all right, I'm just going to shit in this litter box (laughs) and, like, no one will ever know that it's me. And so she does it, and then the next day, like, is talking to the guy whose house it was, and he's, like, freaking out, and it's, like, family came home, they were freaking out, and they were so, like, astonished because there was a shit in the litter box, but their cat had died, like, the week before. (laughs) (laughs) And they thought it was, like, the ghost of their cat or something. I don't know. Things you read on the internet. That's... Going back to, like, vintage internet, that's a total FML. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ooh, yeah. Hashtag FML. Um, Has there been anything that, like, outside of living with the other person, on a purely material uh, perspective, has there been anything that you've gotten now that you've moved in with the other person that you're psyched on? Tofu press. (laughs) (laughs) That was quick. I just got a tofu press this week, and I'm excited for it. Oh, I meant, like that jackie brought oh that's sorry that's more what i'm asking is like is there anything jackie had that you're psyched that you now have access to 24 7 i brought the tofu (laughs) (laughs) um jackie's bed was really good i like jackie's bed yes um my bed which was my old co-worker cappy's bed it's a notoriously good bed extremely i say that for my friends who have slept over (laughs) not in a weird way (laughs) um I think decoration-wise, I was really looking forward to to decorating with both of our our things combined. Yeah, we have a currently like a very eclectic set of decorations throughout the living room, some of which are like large topographical maps, a milliner's hat form head, a typewriter, a bookshelf full of occult books, some like some diagrams. stuff I got at thrift stores. <laughs> yeah, like diagrams of um, local plants and things like that. A big tapestry of a cactus. Like, I was really looking forward to having, I guess, access to that. My decorations. decorations. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I like your style. Oh, thank you. In terms of things, I was excited about a lot of things I got for the house when we moved in. One of them, I bought a a hanging plant planter, which I was really excited about. Um, Is that that one right there? 
No, so what turns out Alyssa bought me that as a housewarming gift. So she great. already knew that I needed a hanging plant planter. So now I have an extra one that I have to figure out. It doesn't have a plant in it, so it's not a big deal. Um, but I was really excited about that because we had all these windows here and I wanted to start tending to plants. But things I'm excited about that Rob brought, definitely tools. They don't have any of those. And also, you know how to use them. What else? I don't know. You just have like a lot of little like hacks, <laughs> like things that I don't even see that have been like set up in this house. <laughs> like Rob has some like hot wired somehow to like make things more convenient. I totally believe um, that. <laughs> and like, I think a lot of those things we bought too, like, like the spice rack that we installed or the bar table that you, the bar out oh, there that you yeah. keep modifying that in different ways is... he installed wine racks like the wine glass racks um underneath it like last year he put drawers in it and then he like took drawers out on one side and then made it into like a wine glass holder and i'm like oh this is so cool that's that's the complete opposite of the sin test that i was just complaining about earlier <laughs> where you see things that don't even exist that could be better and like just make it that way that's so cool thank you it's very special, Rob. Thank you. At least last year, the modifications were due to desperation and that there were, were no drawers in my kitchen and I needed <laughs> to put them somewhere. But this year, it was nice to be able to make like that kind of change to that little bar with um, like some more time and make it something I wanted to do. Yeah. Other thing I'm excited that we bought for this house is my litter genie for Ooh, the yes. litter box. So... My coworker told me about this because she also has cats. Super convenient. It's like a trash can with a compartment inside of it. And it has bags that like run continuously. Um, so you kind of, you like scoop the litter into the top and then you pull this trap door. All the stuff goes down into the bag and then you like release it and it closes it off. So like no smells escape. Mm -hmm. And then you can pull it, like tie it cut it off and then like start a fresh bag so that's like super nice and has made like taking care of cat stuff so much easier and much less smelly it's much great. less smelly also the fact that the litter box isn't in my bedroom anymore oh my god an amazing <sighs> development it's amazing honestly i'm just happy that i no longer wake up in the middle of the night and see Bubsy perched oddly on the edge <laughs> of the litter box hear her scraping around yeah. <laughs> Taking the loudest and then in the ever. middle it would wake me up it was so loud she'd be perched on the edge <laughs> ears back like eyes staring you like staring Focused, you down and then you would just at the you would hear it like <laughs> you're like why why are you doing this cats seem like they rule but i'm i still feel like I don't know if I would rather not have to take out a cat and have to deal with a litter box or whether I'd rather just take out a dog and deal with that. It's not that bad, really. The litter box isn't that it. bad. And like, at least, I don't know, for me, like you have to take out a dog like multiple times a day, no matter the weather, mm -hmm. no matter if you feel sick. Like if I if I go like two days without scooping her litter box, it's like not the end of the oh, world. Oh, okay. That's like you don't have to scoop it every day. And I don't know. Depends on how crazy you want to get with it. But yeah, and how vindictive your cat's being. Like yeah. if they're peeing on the shower curtain or shit in the bed. <laughs> then you scoop it less. Because <laughs> <laughs> the shit's not in there. 
yeah, no. That's that's the only time she's like a hassle is when I think um may, I don't think it's uncommon for cats to have like kind of like behavioral problems like that where they act out by like peeing on stuff, especially like male cats. Well, I think maybe dogs are the same way too, but they like to mark mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, Bubsy just does it because I think she has, apparently she has separation anxiety. So it's like recently it's been a thing that she does it in the morning right after Rob leaves for work and right before I'm getting up for work. So like I think she's become accustomed to our routine and she knows like Rob's leaving and it means like I'm getting up, I'm getting ready to leave. And then she runs into the bathroom and pisses on the shower curtain (laughs) right before I go in there. Just to delay you that much longer here. Just to prove her point. Her point being. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's nice to have, like, be able to divide the work of running a house, too. That's nice. Yeah. Not have everything. Rob takes on more than his fair share. Aww. I'm out earlier from work. I can do, like, getting groceries and stuff, though. Like, it works out. It's nice. It's really nice. Or, like, even like coordinating stuff like we can do our laundry together or Mm. yeah doing dishes together or like unloading the dishwasher together or something is like really nice versus like with roommates it's always just like i'm doing everyone's stuff and i put this all in here and then no one unloads it (laughs) or like whatever have uh, so as previously discussed (laughs) the show i was a total person I didn't like um, when I moved out of that apartment with Nick, Chelsea, and Kevin. Mm-hmm. I was like very dramatic and it was bad. Have you found in like the month or t- I guess it's been like two months, two and a half months for you guys since mm-hmm. you moved. Have you found like any difference in your relationship with your old roommates now that you're not like as compressed? I think so. I don't know. I don't see them as often. So mm. there's that. Yeah, that's, um, that's the hardest thing, I think, to gauge it. And since, like, you're not seeing someone every day. Yeah. That and in know, itself is, yeah. is a change. I mean, I definitely, I think mostly, like, I'm. it's bittersweet because I miss, like, I, like, I did, I loved living, like, in college and, like, like, I loved living with my friends. Yep. Um, and I think, like, that makes me sad when I think back to, like, all the good times I had living with like Dre and Perry and the Marissa's and like in college with Alyssa, Helen, um, Zampita. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, I think that I was at the point in my life that I just like was over it in some ways, but also like everyone was moving on, you know? Yeah. I think like you reach a point where it's like, everyone's got their own plans and it's like one person's gonna like go to New York and someone's gonna go somewhere else. People are moving in with like their boyfriends or whatever. So it reaches that point. But I do, I think like day to day, it's nice. I feel like so much more calm. That's awesome. Just like home is in a place where I feel stressed, which is good. It's also probably nice that like there's no part of it that you can't be in. Yeah. Like, mm hmm. Not that there necessarily wasn't before, but I, I am still thinking on your TV example uh, of like, oh, like I can't really be there. Someone else is watching the TV. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to watch that thing or I want to watch a thing. You know? Totally. It's like I, I'm in control of everything. Like Rob and I have control over like what we do or like what's happening in the house. And I think that's just like for me so much more calming than like this is this way and I can't like control it. Like I just have to deal with it. And it's like not something that like I don't, it's it, like it gets to build up and like be stressful, I think, when that's like your day to day. And especially after a while, only having your room as your space yeah, 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 gets to be like stifling. But and even then I shared it with a cat and it was mostly her space. <laughs> <laughs> she could go wherever she wanted. She did not care about any boundaries. No, I had to set the boundaries. She did not listen. Yeah, I agree. It's nice. It's it's very calming to have the layer of control that you have pushed out an extra little bit to uh, like your neighbor's apartment. And that's where your control sort of stops. It's nice to have. Oh, yeah, that's, that's that the sphere. next level of stress. But yeah, whatever. But... <laughs> whatever. I don't care. I mean, unless we're going to like go get an island somewhere. We can't really get away from that too much. Even then, I'm yeah. sure we'd have complaints about neighbors. <laughs> Goddamn sharks. Their pontoon boat's just too loud. <laughs> um, I'm good to move to whatever if you want. I mean, we watched the Grinch special. We did. So last year we did a spooky episode, and I think we did. I, I was thinking about this. I know we did two years ago. I don't know if we did last year. I don't know. At some at some point, we did a spooky episode, and I brought up that there was a prequel to How the Grinch Stole Christmas called, at various times in its life, Halloween is Grinch Night, Grinch Night, and It's Grinch Night, depending on which <laughs> release. They're all, on, they're all the same thing, and they're all on YouTube, and you can watch them there. But basically, it's... A prequel to How the Grinch Stole Christmas, where when a particular wind blows in Whoville, the Grinch brings a two-wheeled wagon that somehow balances on those two wheels down and unleashes cosmic horrors upon the Who's, and the day is saved by a small Who with astigmatism. Jackie and I were trying to figure out, based on this, where does the Grinch come from? Can we start just just for the lucky people in our audience who have not watched this movie? Can we just give like a really brief plot synopsis? Sure. Do you want to go for it? Or yeah, no, it's it's pretty simple. So basically, the Grinch you know and love. Uh, I, I take umbrage at you calling this a prequel. We can get to that in a little bit. I mean, it's an explicit prequel. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, unless this. Okay, we'll get to it. Okay, we'll get I had to a question about it being a prequel as well, but we'll yeah. get to, let's get to it after uh, plot synopsis. Rob introduced me to this, and I've since fallen deep into the Grinch cinematic universe, and I'm I'm not so sure that this is really a prequel. Interesting. I think it, I think it might be a multiverse. Okay. Um. But anyway, so basically, you've got a lot of biblically named um who's yeah. who yeah. all have a different skin color than they do in other in uh the original Grinch. They got tan in the summer. Yeah, I guess. Uh, wh- who's the? Is it Isaiah? Not Isaiah. Which which one? Who's the main one? Uh, Uchariah. Uchariah. Josiah. Josiah is the grandfather. Yeah. And Mariah, the, the mo- mother? Uh, grandmother, grandmother, I believe. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Uchariah is this little kid who's <laughs> at home playing 
this wind starts blowing, and then the parents smell sweet, the wind. Sour. sour, sweet wind. It's a sweet, sour wind. The sweet, sour, through like a Rube Goldberg, basically, the sweet, sour wind, whenever it happens, upsets the Grinch. Does and it upset him, or does it just let him know that like it's it? time? I think he likes it. I, I thought it just made him be Grinchy. Well, it makes him be Grinchy, but I think he likes being Grinchy. Right. Uh, this comes up in other parts of the Grinch cinematic universe. Oh, okay. His enjoyment Sorry. of being Grinchy. But um, it, there's a lot of songs in this one, more than I remember being in the original Grinch movie. I think the, they definitely went for a quantity over quality with songs in this one as well. Yep. Songs were not good. Um, the Grinch, uh, in his opening song, dances and reveals that he has... Not only magic shape-shifting powers, but also the ability to call lightning and a magic eyebrow that can fly around like a bat. <laughs> it's a that good night for eyebrows. <laughs> the Grinch enters. I wrote this one down. He enters with everyone's favorite famous Grinch line. It's a wonderful night for eyebrows. It's a wonderful night for teeth. For teeth, yes. <laughs> um, but but basically all that happens is the Grinch comes down and like is a jerk to this one animal that's the only one of its species. Uh, Eukariah tries to go to the bathroom and gets blown away by the wind. Tries to go to the euphemism. <laughs> the euphemism. <laughs> um, Zachariah meets the Grinch and explains what a stigmatism is in, in very detailed uh, fashion. And immediately after, like, my favorite line, uh, you look much better with my glasses off. <laughs> You'll put those glasses back on and face the facts. It's kind of the moral center of the movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand the message of the movie. Uh, so, so I think the message of the movie, because the so so what happens next? I'll come back to what I think the moral of the movie is, because I think this movie sucks and I think the moral <laughs> is bad. Good. Uh, so so anyway, so then Eukariah realizes that all he has to do is distract the Grinch until the wind stops, and then the Grinch will get bored and go home. <laughs> So, um, Eukariah just, like, keeps asking the Grinch to scare him. The Grinch scares him, and then the wind stops, and the Grinch goes home. And that's the end of the movie. Um, except right at the end, here's where I take umbrage with this being a prequel. Max the dog, who mm, earlier in the mm. film has a really sad song about, That like, was, like, yeah. the saddest part of this. He's basically an orphan who got raised by his aunt. <laughs> and like regrets whatever life decisions brought him to being the Grinch's slave. Um, and when I was watching that, I thought it was a song in his, like Max the dog was singing in his head, not out loud. And then the Grinch responds to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Showing he, he has also gotten telekinetic powers. Um, but uh, so Max runs away at the end. He does. Uriah. But. I mean, there's at least a couple of months. If we're assuming that How the Grinch Stole Christmas occurred as that Christmas, there's a couple of months between the events for him to come back or any number of months if it occurs later. That was my guess that I was like, okay, he gets like stolen back or something. He gets stolen back or like, or like hey, comes back. recidivism is a real issue. <laughs> it's really tough for dogs that have been enslaved by the Grinch for years to return to normal society. Um, there's no real transition plans for them. Or the Grinch kidnapped another dog and named it Max. <laughs> he just forgets the word for dog. Yeah. Maybe that's the Grinch word for dog. Maybe he cloned him. He could have cloned him. Maybe there's a whole bunch of tanks of Maxes up on top of Mount Crumpet. That is possible. 
Um, so, so the moral I think of this movie is like, I, it it feels like a mean dad. So this movie's from 1977. It feels like a mean dad moral from 1977, because both the dad and the Grinch tell Yukaria like put on your glasses and face you know reality. And the way that Yukaria quote unquote saves the day, even though it's only saved until there's another sickly sweet wind, uh, is by facing his fears quote unquote by like asking the Grinch to scare him. But like, so so I have to kind of read the moral as like, the world is hard and you have to like look at it and deal with it. You can't hide from the world. I mean, that's a good, good like moral for certain things. Yeah, but it's like, that feels like a kind of it feels 60s forced. like moral. Yeah. Yeah. Put on your glasses and face the facts. Yeah. That's like a, to scare kids out of becoming like, anti-establishment or something. <laughs> I don't know. You had one more thing that you wanted to talk about at the very start, but I just want to keep going on this tangent of the moral of the film. The reason that I care about the moral of the film is that this won an Emmy. For what? It won the 1978 Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Christmas Special. What? Or sorry, for, uh, sorry, for Outstanding Children's Special. Okay. I misspoke. <laughs> I would have loved if it was her Christmas special. <laughs> what it beat was two things I'd never heard of and the Fat Albert Christmas special, which I also watched. And it's a much better it was it was funny at hmm. parts and uh like I thought the moral was better. It was like, you know, standard whatever Christmas thing. But it was like be kind to people and like even if you don't have much, like give as much as you can. Yeah. It was much better. <laughs> so so my theory is that this is nineteen seventy eight, so like nobody had VHS players because they just came out. Mm-hmm. So I think basically every Emmy before people had VHSs is, is worth nothing. Because if you didn't no see the thing, home. you didn't have a way to see it. I mean, the people that voted had to have seen it, right? I don't think so. But the people that vote for it are part of like the in of the like, not the Academy, right? Yeah. But like it, it is some Filmmakers of... Guild or something. Yeah. So they're all like an in crowd. So at that point, it's kind of like a popularity contest. Right. And it's a Dr. Seuss special. Exactly. Yeah. I see what you're getting at. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not calling for Bill Cosby to get a, a retroactive Emmy or anything. <laughs> but I, I would like if, if uh, this film was stripped of its Emmy, a la Jim Thorpe. <laughs> oh. I, I kind of feel like it. Uh, I don't think it it's Emmy worthy. No, I feel like it may have gotten that Emmy in the way that, like, Crash got Best Picture. I don't know what that means. Uh, It was the movie where, like, it was all about, like, race in America. And for a hot second, everyone was like, wow, this is, like, really meaningful. And then as soon as it won, they were like, wow, this is bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like the way uh, Borat went from being, like, groundbreaking Mm. comedy to being the worst in like a month and a half i feel like it's that kind of thing with this they're like oh yeah dr seuss a good lesson and then they're like but the songs are (laughs) not good are they songs i don't think so i feel like there's always a lot of dr seuss rhymes where he just like says a word and then like astonishingly says some nonsense that sounds the same we, I had just pointed that one out. He used castigate correctly and then made up a nonsense word after it. Like, <laughs> to rhyme it? Yeah. Like, if you're, it's a children's thing, why bother saying castigate? Like, no kid's gonna know that. I was like, is he trying to meet some kind of rhyme quota? Because it was like, 
every 30 seconds it was like and then josiah said yes ukariah and it was like the same (laughs) rhyme over and over again and i was like okay but find some new words to rhyme we get it all their names rhyme this was groundbreaking in the 70s I, I could see that kind of repetition being a good breather if the rest of everything that's going on is like so dense and like like you have to pay so much attention following it to figure out what's happening that like the step back and have one of those exchanges where it's like and Eucariah and Josiah like as a nice palate cleanser but that's not the case here <laughs> but it wasn't and I was so I don't I kept like waiting a for something Halloweeny to happen yes B for the Grinch to do anything, yeah. he just made his eyebrows float. He never like got off that wagon. What? If I could make my eyebrows fly off my head, I should also I should get points for that. I mean, sure, but like, he didn't do fucking anything, and he was just like on that on the paraphernalia cart, <laughs> like going to do some ominous like nondescript thing Grinching. to the who's. He wanted to go dance by himself. <laughs> You want to go to the town hall and dance and no one else would be there. (laughs) And then, okay, then he puts Eucariah in the cart and he goes to that like spooky alternate dimension. Yeah. And that was the other thing where I was like, I was somewhat impressed by the fact that it was filled with like ghouls, but none of them were like recognizable as like anything. No, that was the highlight for me. For sure. Like that's that's the coolest three minutes of the thing. I mean, that's all that like that had ever been billed to me as it's like they summer i've only ever seen that summarized as a sour sweet wind blows eucariah away the grinch shoves him in a cart full of nightmares <laughs> like that's it that's all i've ever heard and that's five percent of the show maybe for for a movie called halloween is grinch night there is a surprising amount of no one ever says the word halloween and there's very little grinch yeah yeah it was a lot of the Grinch doing a thing and then like the police captain saying, here's the thing the Grinch did. And then the parents saying, oh, the Grinch did a thing. Right? But it, there's way more Eucariah in it than the Grinch. Yeah. But I also don't like Eucariah. No, Eucariah is terrible. He's yeah. not a good protagonist. <laughs> I, like when he was explaining astigmatism, I wanted to, I wanted him to get thrown in the paraphernalia <laughs> wagon. <laughs> What I want to know is when it's clearly been demonstrated that the Grinch has size-changing powers go from, like, up to the height of, like, maybe an average person's knee to maybe the height of two people, why doesn't he use that to get out of the chimney in How the Grinch Stole Christmas? He gets stuck in a chimney, and it takes him a while to get down. Why doesn't he just shrink? I think this is, I think it's part of the multiverse. I think this is the one where he's a shaman. He's dedicated his life Mm. to the occult. I okay. have questions. Okay. I have questions like, what are the extent of the Grinch's powers? Yes. What makes him so scary to the Who's? And like, I mean, where does he come from? A, I don't think that's even answered in the live action Jim Carrey Grinch movie. Is he a Who? I was thinking when I was watching this and he throws him into the paraphernalia cart, I was like, is this the Grinch zone? Like all those, like where he's from. Yeah, there were like mm. all those spooky guys, and some of them had like similar faces and eyebrows to the Grinch. And I was like, "Is this where the Grinch comes from? Is, is like, this like his upside down?" Is, yeah, is he like king of the inside of the paraphernalia wagon? Is that his domain? Is that his dimension? Did you guys see the Princess and the Frog? No, the cartoon yeah. movie. 
like from a while ago? from 2010 yeah yeah okay so so in that film the bad guy has this relationship with like the new orleans occult basically that mm-hmm. like they give him power but he's like basically terrified of them mm-hmm. and that was actually the impression that i got of the paraphernalia wagon with the Grinch, <laughs> is that like they were the source of i don't know where i got this this is clearly some world building i did myself but i thought they were the source of his power but also like needed to feed or something <laughs> feed me yeah <laughs> that would be uh interesting motivation i would like that much better than what we got <laughs> that would be very interesting i just wanted to know, like how did he get so grinch like why is it okay for everyone to hate him <laughs> i think it was because it was the 60s and 70s that it was okay <laughs> to just hate someone for being different uh that culturally the belief was <laughs> <laughs> That was another thing. It was 1966, The Grinch comes out. 1977, Halloween is Grinch Night comes out. You had 11 years to make something up, and this is like this is the best you could do. Not a not a good showing for a decade. It's really not. No. Animation quality also not really improving in a decade. I think it got worse. Yeah. I think all of it got worse. Like the songs were terrible. Yep. Not catchy. Characters were bad. It didn't really have a plot. The one thing I will give them is that I believe Boris Karloff had died between he did. the other one. So I'll give them the narrator not being as good. But the guy that did um, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, was still alive and still voicing Tony the Tiger. So he could have come back for a song. Why not have him? Just make him the new narrator. I agree. Then I would touch this movie for $2.50 with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> Not even for six dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> I think that was maybe the funniest part of the movie to me was just people upbidding how how much they would or would not go outside for. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna do some quick inflation calculator <laughs> stuff. Yeah, because it starts at a dollar and fifty cents, and I was like, was that a lot of money? I can't tell. Like, I don't know what's a lot of money to a who. Yeah. <laughs> Also, they exist somewhere with dollars and cents. Yeah, dollar fifty in nineteen seventy-seven dollars is six thirty-five today. Well, I'll be Grinched. Wow. But the Grinch says he will not stay in on a night like this for sixty-six dollars and sixty cents, which is two hundred eighty-one dollars and ninety-six cents. Wow. I'm sure the Who's could wrestle that up. <laughs> yeah, between it's look times are very bad in Whoville. There's a terrible <laughs> recession right now. They're just trying to keep the lights on. <laughs> they don't have money to spend on getting the Grinch to stay in his house one night a year. It wasn't even one night a year, though. I know. It's every time a sour sweet It's just wind when the up. wind blows. Not even necessarily <laughs> something, something Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I do wish someone said Halloween at least once. Right? Or there was anything about Halloween, even a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. But, like, the only thing that's Halloween-y is it's fall. I think the... There is a jack-o'-lantern, but it's in the title card. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's the most Halloween-y part. I do really love the one line where he's like, you're not even worth a good Grinching. Oh, yeah. that was good. <laughs> I gave you the $2 treatment. You're not even worth a good Grinching. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? What I, does he do are, to them? There are a lot of good, bizarre lines from it. Like, it's a wonderful night for eyebrows. It's a wonderful night for teeth. It's- yeah the most terrifying thing <laughs> that, that those two lines are scarier than terror behind the walls was <laughs> i was thinking earlier how i kind of want to go to terror behind the walls this year we took my mom 
Yeah. Uh, she loved it. So if, if you're not too spooked, it's a lot of fun. I'm so easily spooked. Well, even if you're spooked, it's a lot of fun. Okay. It's not, it's not too bad. It's, yeah, it's not that bad. Um, and afterwards, it was fun. We went to, um, they have like a speakeasy set up in like the Al, Al Capone's cell area. That's fun. So we went there after we were done. And they have people dressed up as like ghost, ghostly like flappers. And they had like a, a contortionist. contortionist and stuff. And then you can look in the actual cells, which were like actually creepy. But it's fun. I recommend it. I would love to transition to, into occult stuff, but do you guys have any other Grinch Night things? Or... I'm just trying to think of my... It's it's bad, bad. Yeah, no, definitely bad, bad. That That's it. Final judgment. Final judgment. Grinch Night. Oh, wait, sorry. Halloween is Grinch Night. Rating is bad, bad. <laughs> okay, but Grinch Night, though, was the VHS sing-along release. How would you really? rate that? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Really. It's I don't the same know. thing, I've never but it has the sing along things. It's, oh, it's the oh same but it has, the, yeah. it has the words and the ball that bounces. Yeah. Is that still bad, bad? That's okay. Okay. What about It's Grinch Night, which is just the VHS release without the sing along? No. Bad, bad. Okay. <laughs> um, I do have Marissa's review here, which is <laughs> if I never have to watch this again, I'm good. Like, I'd say cultural impact for Grinch Christmas all the way up, and this one, nothing. <laughs> Good one. Yes. Accurate. Agreed. Please put, please copy and paste that and put it on the IMBD oh, review yeah. section. Very good. I want to tell you guys, I was reading IMDb reviews of this um, while watching the Fat Albert Christmas, and my favorite review was titled, um, The Grinch Fails to Deliver Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Which perfectly summed it up for me. Yeah, it was bad. It didn't have Grinch. It didn't. Well, but but I do think that the three minutes, I think a kid could be genuinely scared by those three minutes. Yeah, I could see that. They they were yeah. scary in the same way that rolled dolls, uh, like monsters from like Willy Wonka or James and the Giant Peach are really scary. They're like otherworldly and, and just strange. And there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there was a huge variety. And you, you never get a chance to figure out what their, like, what their game is, what they're up to, plan anything. It's just like, oh, no, no, I'm done with these. Now there's <laughs> giant feet. Yeah. Like, four of them spinning around in a wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no, bad, bad. But, like, I could totally see someone having it as a part of their, like, seasonal tradition. It won't be a part of mine. <laughs> but I will be saying it's a wonderful night for teeth. It's a wonderful night for eyebrows. eyebrows. <laughs> it's a wonderful <laughs> night for teeth. That could be the theme of your Halloween costume, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> eyebrows and teeth? Yeah. Mm. Well, what is what is the name of the baddie girl? It's, yeah, Instagram baddie. <laughs> yeah. Insta baddie. Yeah. Yeah, she's all eyebrows and teeth, too. Exactly. Yeah. So, so Jackie, you are our like cool occult friend. Is that that's like too much of that's putting too much on it? But like <laughs> too much response. Thanks. <laughs> of our friends, you are the one who is most into the occult. Does that seem fair? I guess so. Am like, I? I think so. Okay. Maybe you're the one with the most knowledge. Okay. Yeah. 
that's that makes me feel good. Thank you. <laughs> I think I think Kevin. This is not a. I think as in this is true. This is an. I think as in I could not tell you whether you or Kevin is more like superstitious. Kevin. I think Kevin is for <laughs> okay. sure. Hundred percent. Kevin has more fear instilled in him. Okay. Based off of like superstitions, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily superstitious. I'm a little stitious. <laughs> um, medium stitious. Medium, mild. My- mild stitious. <laughs> no, 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 it's medium. Medium stitious. Um, but yeah, no. I enjoy the occult. I like a lot of things about it. I don't know if I necessarily like believe a lot of it. Okay. Yeah. Um. How long you were saying earlier that you had like those witches book when you were a little kid? Yeah. How long has this been like a more than more a part of your personality than the average person, if that makes sense? We've been into it since we were like kids, me and my sister. We were very into like the witchcraft thing, but that's because like my mom has always been into it. And my aunt was like genuinely I apparently like a practicing witch. So like, I feel like that was always kind of in the family. And like my mom is very superstitious and like the type of person who will like burn sage to like purify the house and like believes in like crystals and like healing properties. And I think that is probably what like got us into it at a, at a young age. But my sister and I used to like, we'd play outside like a lot and we would go we would like make potions is mm-hmm. how we call it and which was mostly like a collection of like berries and like flowers and leaves we found outside and then we'd put it in a bottle with like shampoo and like <laughs> glitter and water and then you'd have to like say a chant over it and then like sleep with it under your pillow and something like good would happen to you at school that week or like something weird like that which i think maybe falls in the line of like magical thinking or something where Mm -hmm. it's like if i perform these actions then like something good is gonna happen i feel like there was like a lot of that and then like we were also really into um movies like the craft or whatever where it's like witch focused but i think like a lot of kids are like that where it's like you especially if you read so much like fantasy and stuff as a kid it's like you really believe you're like when are my powers coming yeah 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 it's like i'm about to turn 13 and <laughs> like you're you're always like oh the protagonists in all these books like they turn 10 they turn 11 they turn 12 whatever it's like and then they unlock their powers and their secret destiny and it's like yeah i think my sister and i really like fed into that as kids which i don't know that was like maybe like a love for like magic and like fantasy yeah, and there, there was definitely, like, at least for me, like, a feeling of, like, I don't know any wizards, but, like, <laughs> wizards are real, I just don't know them, and, like, maybe one day I'll wander somewhere and I'll, like, learn about them. Yeah, right? Yeah. Totally. And we used to go, like, my mom's house was right by this um, rock quarry, and we'd go play there, and it was, like, a very, like, weird, probably should not have been playing there as kids, but it was, like, a <laughs> barren, like desert kind of terrain in the middle of a sort of rural part of new jersey so like we'd go out there and it could just it felt like you were in some kind of like exploration and like you're like 
could collect your ingredients and like perform your ritual like whatever it, it just was like I think as kids your like imagination really goes wild with that but yeah again I think like my mom really fed into it because she would even tell me she had like I don't know like she, my mom always had like a lot of jewelry that I would play with and she'd be like this is like an amethyst and it's my birthstone and it means this this and this and if you wear it it has like these effects or whatever so i think that's where a lot of the interest in the occult came from when do you think what was like childhood when it was strongest or was there like a peak at any other time um it it was strong in childhood i think in like uh kind of like raw way but like once i got older I like I think I was always into it but I think like as I especially when I like got into college and I'm like I'm my own person I have my own money and stuff and I was like I always wanted these things like I always wanted like tarot deck like uh like nice crystals or something like this was just like something I always like inside of me I felt like I wanted them and like I'm like I can buy this for myself I deserve it so I guess getting into that more I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And like and as you were able to like bring physicality to it, it helped you or not helped you, but like kind of grew in a different way, I guess. Am I am I understanding that correctly or like you were actually able to express it as opposed to uh, am I just saying nonsense? I don't like I always liked it. I I'm a very casual occult fan. Sure. Yeah, no, no, no. Like I'm I think maybe out of like our friend group, I'm like the most into it, but like out of people I know who are really into like witchcraft and wicca and like occult shit, I don't like I'm not like practicing in any sort of way and like some people take it as like a true like religion and philosophy and that's like I'm I'm more of like a casual like fan. Like I enjoy reading about it and like like just knowing about it but i don't know if i necessarily practice it the tarot card thing like came about from my mom as well when i was in high school she always had like crazy friends that she was finding like along the way and i don't know where she met this woman but this woman was a practicing psychic specializing in like tarot card readings and she decided that one of the things i don't know if my mom had like pushed her to do it or whatever but one of the things she was going to do was like have a class where she taught people how to read tarot cards so my mom and I did it with her and she taught me like most of what I know about reading cards Mm -hmm. and I think from there I've, I've taken that and I think like from there I just kind of like go with like what I know about a person what I can assume about a person and like what my gut feeling tells me and like it's really not once you like get into it it's not that hard to make assumptions or like if your assumption maybe doesn't apply to something in someone's life right now it could apply um and i think that people tend to look for connections in the things you say yeah like, you can be vague enough that, like, it can apply to a lot of situations. And then people get, I think just people get really excited when you read their tarot cards for it's them. So and it's like, cool. it, they look for it. Like, they want to find, like, how does this fit in? This person told me this thing's going to happen. But I've had had some, like, really accurate ones, which I 
Like, I, I don't know. I always think that's weird. People come back to me. They're like, oh, my God, what you said was like it came true. And how did you know that? How did you know that, that was going to happen? And I'm like, um, like, mostly it is just like chance of what the cards drew. But some of it is just like you're like a girl in your 20s. And I thought maybe you would like meet a guy soon or like, <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of assumptions you can make about people based on their age and their demographic or whatever. Uh, so so just to respond to something like way back in the yes. beginning there, um, I just want to make clear if it wasn't at the beginning. I don't, I more just meant like, of my friend group, you're the person who owns a tarot deck. And like, I know Reese Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't like, Jackie sacrifices deers. <laughs> That's... Well, no, not even that. Like, a lot of people I know are very into Wicca as, like, a lifestyle. Like, it's not, it's not, like, sacrificing deers or anything. It's, like, and I don't even really understand a lot of it, but it's mostly, like, convening with nature and, like, the spirit of, like, the earth and, like, nature. And, like, a lot of it has to do with, like, doing things with intentions or like having intention and like i think that's like where a lot of the whole like crystal healing it's kind of like focusing your intentions on something so the crystal is maybe helping you channel your thoughts and your energy into whatever is troubling you and by doing that you're kind of like helping the universe to like I don't know, converge yeah. on your problems. It's like, it's more like a thinking philosophy thing that like, I don't really understand as opposed to like, I don't know. I don't think like the rituals or whatever are that extreme, but it's like doing this thing to like focus yourself and then like try to bring yourself like posi vibes. I don't know. Good energy. Yeah. And I, th- I, I don't know. I used to read horoscopes like every day. I, mm-hmm. I really like horoscopes. I used to own dream dictionaries like... Mm-hmm. I, I think it's cool because even even if something is random, like it will trigger you to think about something, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. Um, do you read like do you regularly read your own tarot or when you have read your own tarot? Like what what draws you to that or like what triggers that? I guess I haven't read my own tarot in like a while. Um, and I feel like in certain times of my life, I have done it a lot. And it's normally when I'm like at a point where I feel very like kind of like lost in a situation or like I just like I just need some kind of like guidance or like something it's like as kind of sad as it sounds it's just like I need something to tell me that like this is gonna be okay or like I think if anything it kind of solidifies like thoughts you already have so sometimes that is like nice and like therapeutic to like pull a tarot spread and then like just look at the cards and be like I got like I'm really freaking about this thing but I got this like tarot spread that said like everything's gonna be fine everything's looking good like future's looking good and I'm like okay like maybe I'm freaking out too much or like whatever like it just it's a tool to be like self-reflective if anything Mm mm-hmm but yeah, I haven't had to do it in a while, which is nice. But Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it is kind of like 
a weird, like, self-reflective, therapeutic kind of thing to do. And definitely interpreting it for yourself is different than interpreting it for, like, other people. You take it very personally. You're just like, oh, I know what this means. And, like, this is probably, like, relating to this in my life or whatever. When when you're, like, picking cards. When you're doing tarot and you're at a step where you're picking cards. I know how to ask this question. I'm going to phrase this as a me sentence. Okay. Okay. So when you have read my tarot mm-hmm. and I pick cards. Mm-hmm. I try my best to like not pick a random card if that makes sense to if there is something there to like be guided or pick that. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that in yourself or is that a thing that you search for? Is that a thing you try and connect to? Is that a thing that thoughts question mark? Like if if I'm picking my own card. Right. right, Do I like do the thing where I like feel for them sometimes. I mean, I do, because that's how I learned how to do it, and I do think it's true. Like, maybe it's just your brain overthinking it, but, like, when you close your eyes and you, like, you feel over the surface and someone tells you to, like, feel which one is hot, it's, like, it somehow, like, draws a reaction or, like, whichever one you feel, like, impulse to pick, which, like that itself is kind of like a weird thing like i feel like you start overthinking it you're like maybe this one maybe this one maybe this one and then you're like okay here and it's like i don't know i think that's that's useful a lot of times for myself i do like the count to 13 type of spread where i just i stop when i get to an ace or go to 13 but yeah i'll do either or i think they're both like useful in their own way I, I could easily talk about this a bunch, but I'm not sure if I'm cutting you off at all. No, that's fine. Have I, I just, read your tarot cards before? I think you've read my tarot once. I don't remember. It was a while ago. I'll read them for you on Halloween. Okay. Nice. We're gonna do we'll do tarot sessions at the oh Halloween. Oh my god. <laughs> it's been a a while since I've done them, but that's the other thing. I feel like I need to have a few drinks before I do them. Like it it, it loosens up everything. Let's me convene with with the spirits. <laughs> Going back to like crystals and wands, are they things that you ever like carry on you for luck or for some effect? Um, I have a lot of crystal jewelry and like also recently I haven't been wearing a lot of it lately, but my mom was super into that and like would buy things for me and then like give them to me and tell me like, this is like an amulet i bought this because i like these stones and i like the way they're configured this way and i feel like it protects you is like what she would say so i have jewelry like that that like my mom has given me that like like again she gave it to me with like the intention that like she feels like it protects me and i feel like that's like special to me um yeah But yeah, I used to wear stuff like that. And sometimes I think when I'm like having like a hard time or like even when like like I'm really scared of flying and when I was going to go like on a plane last month, I was like thinking about wearing one of those necklaces and I was kind of like, don't be stupid. (laughs) Like, you'll be fine. But I was like, I don't know. It's just like special that like someone like even if it does or doesn't, the fact that someone gave it to you and said this will protect you is like gives it a special like power 
Um, yeah, absolutely. But I do, I have a lot of like crystals around the house and I have some wands and stuff that were from my aunt, but those I don't really know. And like in a weird way, it's like, I don't really know them. Like they're not really like mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like a lot of having crystals is like purifying them in the moonlight and like imbuing them with your energy and stuff. And when I look at them, I still feel like they're my aunts and like, I like they don't feel like mine. So I think like whether that's just like because they weren't mine and I look at them and I remember that like they were my aunts or whether it's like they're imbued with her energy, like whatever. I don't know. But when I look at them, like I think about my aunt. But I don't know. My my brother recently got into a lot of stuff like that. He had some like really weird like lucky stuff happen to him within the past like two years that made him superstitious, like like very superstitious. It was like a whole weird series of events that I don't know if I want to get into it. Sure, yeah, but yeah, yeah. He started seeing a psychic regularly because he felt like he wanted to continue this like good luck streak that he was having. And so he started to get very superstitious. And I know he carries with him like... Last time we saw him, he had like, like pockets full of rocks. Like he kept taking out all these like different rocks and crystals. And he was like, you want to see? And like he pulled out, he had like one. He's like, this one is for good luck. And then he's like pulling them out of pockets. And he's like, this one's for a good fortune. This one is like for good health. And then he's got bracelets and he has like, like a necklace with a stone. And the stone has a special inscription on it that like someone got him. So like... I don't know if that stuff is helping or not. I hope it helps him. But to me, I don't think I need to carry like a stone in each pocket to feel like balanced. Mm -hmm. But then again, who am I judging? I'm wearing my special amulet that my mom (laughs) gave me. So it didn't sound like you were judging at any point during that. Yeah. It sounded more like you were saying it's not for you or yeah. Yeah. If it works for him, it works for him. But I don't know. Do you have any experience in your past? I think like many people have at least one of these, which is like distinctly magical feeling. Magical feeling. Like I know some people have these as like this was haunted or some people have these as like, oh, like here's a weird coincidence. But I I don't know. I think some people also have like this felt like a magical thing and like I'm still not sure how to explain it or like how did it work out that way? I don't know. I feel like I do, and I would have to think about it more okay. to have, like, a good story. Although, I don't know. When I think of, like, magical experience, this is weird. I have a lot of dreams mm-hmm. that I think, like, I have ve- like I have very vivid dreams. Um, sometimes. Not all the times. Like, a lot of, like, sometimes I go months, I don't dream at all. But then, like, sometimes I'll have bouts of, like, very vivid dreams and i don't know if that's just like me eating too much cheese before bed (laughs) and like sometimes they're like cinematic almost but i'll have like dreams sometimes where i have magic powers and like those are like the best dreams but a lot of times in my dreams it'll be like a normal thing but i can i can't even like exactly fly but it's almost like there's i i don't have to like obey gravity and I'm very light. And like when I push myself off the ground, I go really far. Like I kind of like float and I can kind of like push myself 
off the ground in different directions or like it's more like I'm jumping but I'm like in the air for a really long time and I can like see the ground like moving under my feet and like that's like a really weird sensation that I think like I only ever like I only ever have it in my dreams but like sometimes it feel like it feels so real mm-hmm. that like when I wake up like you forget you can't do it if if you could have like a magical power or thing would that be it maybe it's a lot of fun it sounds fun yeah maybe i feel like flying's like a common one that i dream about but i've had ones before where like i have like maybe like telekinetic powers or something but like when i have those dreams they're always like really difficult to use and i don't know if you guys have ever had like superpower dreams before but like I've, like, dreamt before where, like, I was, like, telekinetic and I could, like, move things with my mind. But every time I would do it, it was, like, I had a tense, like, every muscle in my body. And it was, like, it was so difficult to do. And I'd wake up in bed with, like, my teeth clenched. So that was, like, a very weird experience. Also, recently, I started to, like, shout in my sleep. Ugh. Which yep. I never used to do, but that like the past like maybe like three years or something, I started like I'll wake myself up sometimes because I'm like I get upset in my dream and then I'm I'm like yelling in real life. Yeah, it's super weird. Do you talk? Do you talk in your sleep? Uh, so so as discussed on our um, Halloween episode two years ago, I have these stress dreams, which like based on how stressed I am, it'll either mm-hmm. be every couple months or like every couple weeks. where i am it's the opposite of your flying dream where i am incredibly powerless it's like dark out i'm walking somewhere and i am like immensely weak like Mm -hmm. i have trouble moving and i like can't even find my voice i'm so weak yeah and someone else who is also incredibly weak but like less weak than me like comes up on me and stabs me (gasps) and like i'm always it like this always leads to me waking up a lot of the time, it will lead to me, like, trying my best in, like, my weakened state to be like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like, I've woken mm-hmm. up Marissa to me just, like... Moaning? Weakly moaning no. But then, probably, like, two months ago, I woke up, and it was right before we moved. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was just shouting, help me, help me. And I woke myself up from the shouting. Yeah. It was bad. Okay, it's so alarming because I, like, I never had dreams like that and maybe it is like a stress thing but most a lot of the time mine like revolve around home invasion and i like i don't know why that is but like normally in my dreams i wind up in a situation where like i'm trying to scream and like no sound comes out it's like and i know it's like the fact that I'm trying to scream in my dream and my body's like not moving because it's asleep. Yes. And so I wake up and I'm like wheezing. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. and then I like, I wake up because I'm like actually like yelling or something. But it's, it's such an uncomfortable, like disturbing feeling. And like, it is. When you, that moment when you wake up and you can like, you hear the tap, like the tail end of you yelling something and you're like, who's like, was that me? Like, what the fuck? It's it's very uncomfortable. And then it's like, how how long, how much other stuff do I have to do so I can go to bed to not that? Yeah, right? I feel like I, I know I have to have woken myself up, like, saying things and shouting in dreams. Probably woken other people up, too. 
but I feel like mostly I get that when I'm I forget I can never remember if it's hypnagogic or hypnopompic the one when you're coming out of sleep and you see things where like I'll be waking up and see someone like standing over the bed yeah and then I'll start to like make a noise but since you're still basically asleep all you can manage is just like a really startled like sharp inhalation just like a <laughs> yeah and then that'll be about it yeah that'll be it and it'll be really terrifying for half a second and then I'll wake up and I'll be okay but like that's enough to get your heart pounding and just like yeah. you can't I've go been, to sleep for a while I get that a lot at this apartment really that like waking up and kind of seeing something but I think it's mostly because like you get up before me so I have like I have a lot of like instances of being like half like knowing mm-hmm. that I can be asleep yeah. and being like half awake it's always like when you kind of like open your eyes a little bit and like see something and I don't know why like the past week I wake up in the middle of the night like every night hmm. and like open my eyes I think it's because I'm thirsty um, <laughs> for blood <laughs> for blood, <laughs> for blood. Um, but I, like, I find that too, like, it's, and it's never something, like, good. You always see, like, a giant spider or, like. Really? I, I only ever see humanoid figures. I'll I'll see, like, a figure or, like, I don't, there's just always something, like, floating. And then I'm, like, a lot of the time I don't get startled because I think I realize that I, like, my eyes need to clear up or something. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it is really alarming. Most of the time I, I get alarmed. I see someone that, like kind of like wreathed in shadow because they're in shadow. So I'm like, I, I can't tell who they are. Yeah. But the one that I can remember here, I woke up and saw my one coworker, Jack, who's like <laughs> a pretty nice older dude. Um, who like, I have a good relationship with at work, standing at the foot of the bed wearing like a leather jacket like he's some kind of old school motorcycle guy like a greaser yeah like he's like done up like a greaser and he just like looks over and sneers at me and fades away into dust like thanos <laughs> snapped him out of existence <laughs> and i just like sat up i was like i wasn't even scared but like why was what i think it also that may have to do like the seeing figures like that here may have to do with the fact that we have like the bedroom door open slightly to let Bipsy in and out. And that provides like a backlight with a thing that could look like. I think it's that. Around it's something. like, it's like windows, the door to the backyard. And then the fact that like our door is open slightly, it's like prime place to like spot a figure in the open doorway <laughs> or like someone standing outside the window or something. And you're also not on like the 17th floor of a building yeah. or yeah. something. Like... Yeah. It's also weird. Sometimes I'll, I'll roll over and I'll like forget where I am (laughs) and like be like, who is that? And they're like, oh, that's Rob. (laughs) Oh, that's right. He's here all the time. (laughs) I'll be like, what is that? And then I'm like, oh, that's Rob. Going back to like superpowers and dreams. I don't think I've ever that I can recall had a dream where I have like a supernatural superpower. No, I've had ones where like, I mean, I've had like the what's ability your, to what's like. What's your non-supernatural superpower? Yeah, I mean, like organic I've had, superpower, <laughs> like abilities to fly or like abilities to control electricity or like metal or something. But instead of being like, oh, I'm a witch and I can fly, or like, oh, I'm Magneto and I can just like control metal, it's like, oh, I'm wearing this thing that lets me do it. I and see. it's all oh. like bounced over to a technological that's how, standpoint. That's how your mind works, and I yeah, can see that. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. But, like, I have had ones where I'm being, like, 
influenced by a super like there are supernatural things going on but i'm never in control of them and i'm like at their mercy usually like a victim of them it's interesting have you ever lucid dreamed i don't think so i think i've had times when i've realized i was dreaming but then couldn't like i not even like couldn't lucid dream i just realized i was like oh i'm dreaming and then kept doing the thing i was doing i've only done it once and it was Jealous. really cool i was dreaming and i was trying to read out of a notebook and like read a clock someone i was dreaming i was like in a gym class at school or something and someone kept asking me either like what time it was did i do my assignment and like i would look down at the notebook and like you know you can't like read in dreams and i would like try really hard to like discern the letters but they were all just like a jumble and then i looked at the clock it didn't make any fucking sense and i just like couldn't read it and i was like why can't i read and then i was like it's because i'm in a dream and then i remembered i was like i'm in a dream that means i can do whatever i want and the rest of the dream i so i started i started to fly and then i flew through a rainbow tunnel <laughs> like all the way to the end and when i got to the end i woke up which is apparently what my mind wanted to do that sounds pretty sweet yeah yeah if if i've ever lucid dreamed it's the opposite of lucid dreaming which is a, a shocking amount of the time in a dream i'll think i really hope this won't happen and then that's the thing like i hope i don't just drive this car off a cliff into the schuylkill and then that's exactly <laughs> what i end up doing oh no <sighs> Yeah, it's supposed to be restful, but sleeping ends up being really stressful a lot of the time. If you have like a really intense dream, yeah. it's like yeah. it sucks. It's not it's not restful whatsoever. And I don't really know what controls it. Like, is it the food I ate before I went to sleep? Is it like stress or whatever I like saw or did throughout the day that my mind is like compiling? Why do I forget them sometimes and why are like Sometimes, like, they're so vivid. Mm -hmm. I have dreams that I've remembered from, like, years ago just because they're, it's like a story that happened to me. It's just, like, weird. Stress definitely plays into it for me. Like, the amount of stress I am totally changes the kind of dreams that I at least remember having. Mm -hmm. do, you guys, do you guys have um, recurring set pieces in your dreams? I don't know. I've had recurring people, and I've had... I've like had fake people. Yeah, and I've mm -hmm. had recurring dreams but i don't know if i've had recurring set pieces i mean i've had i guess my recurring dreams featured a recurring set piece i mean yeah but have you have you dreamed other dreams that have had like set pieces from your other dreams like unrelated dreams i think so um my only series of repeating dreams or recurring dreams so far has been the ones i had at the end of high school where I'd wake up, it was raining, I'd leave wherever I was, <laughs> go outside, roll up my car windows, and go back inside. And, mm. like, the set piece was my car, and it was just wherever I fell asleep. Weird. Yeah, it's weird and really boring. <laughs> it was the worst set of um, recurring dreams that you could have. I had this dream at least, like, two or three times where I was going, it was, like, it was in high school I had this dream, and I was, like, going through a school that was like abandoned haunted and like 
I kept, someone was like giving me a tour, I think, but I kept going into rooms and I'd go into like a creepy, dark, abandoned classroom and like a ghouly kid would like crawl out from under the desk and like scare me. (laughs) And like I wound up like in some room in the basement that was filled with like, it was like filled up to like your waist with like cracked porcelain dolls and like weird kids toys and stuff. And like... It was super strange, but then the next time I had that dream, it was the same dream, but I knew where everyone was. So I was walking through the school and I was like, there's a kid under that desk. (laughs) And then the kid would come out and be like, you got me. (laughs) Like, it was like, it totally wasn't scary the next time around. You fully groundhog dated. Yeah, like, and I don't know what that means, but I was like, I had the same dream again, but I knew everything that was going to happen. And then it like wasn't scary anymore. Interesting. That rules. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a dream where I was confident what was going to happen and like scary things, things that should be scary weren't. Yeah. I don't know. But I haven't haven't had that many recurring dreams and that's like the only one I can fully remember having. I have like this West Coast city that like is in a lot of my dreams. It's like very, there's like portions of water through the city. It's very like mountainous even within the city kind of like a san francisco kind of thing um and there's also an airport there which like i was having separate dreams about this city and like stress airport dreams Mm -hmm. and then in one dream i like drove to the airport and opened the door and it was the airport from the other dreams and i was like no (laughs) i realized that it was all the same city it was very weird should we close it out guys we have to do what are you wearing and then we can close it oh, out i forgot about that ian i found this cd in, in my cryo pod <laughs> it says <laughs> um black hole sun but it's it's not a song it's a band do you play in it no oh rob black what are you wearing sun won't you come? <laughs> i'm wearing a brown flannel jeans and pair of socks with cowboy hats, sheriff stars, and uh, boot boots? No. That's just an upside-down hat. Just an upside-down hat on the boot, on the sock. That's what I'm wearing. Jackie, what are you wearing? <laughs> I'm wearing my very comfy sweatpants, a Ralph Lauren shirt that I thrifted, and a chenille cardigan. It, so this is a thing I'm, I'm not going to try and start a full topic here but yeah, like what are, oh are you okay well just really quick you work at urban outfitters yeah what is like is it like a high pressure or a low pressure like how you dress environment does that make sense um yes low pressure really yeah they don't know you could show up in like your pajamas and nobody would care okay which is nice. No, I don't think all fashion companies are like that, but Urban is definitely like, we don't really care what you're wearing or what you look like. Just like come to work. That's the opposite of what I imagined. Yeah. Did you imagine it from a um, dress code perspective or a there is a social pressure to be fashionable? I imagine zero dress code and 100% social pressure. 
I mean, I guess there is there's some social pressure, but then again, it's like the people that work there, there's such a wide variety of styles and they pre- they the pressure is more like dress like yourself versus like they don't want to see you show up trying to look like professional. There's just such a wide variety of what people are wearing there that I just feel like there's no rules. So you can show up looking really comfy if that's how you want to look. Like some some of my coworkers wear like leggings, sneakers, and like a baggy t-shirt every day. While like others are there and they're wearing like a designer dress and like really expensive heels. It's like they're all, I don't know, and they sit next to each other. It like, it doesn't really matter. That's, I don't know. that's great. Yeah. I was surprised mostly when I started working there, like the amount of like girls that come to work in like crop tops or like, I don't know, or like those trucker tees with like the sleeves cut off. And they're like, I'm just going to like not wear a bra and have like side boob hanging out all day. And I was like at my old job, like, I don't know, like in a lot of office settings, they just like wouldn't allow it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whatever, like be yourself. Who cares? Don't wear a bra to work. I salute you. Like... <laughs> Um, wear your leggings as pants. I don't know. I think also, maybe it's also because, like, the environment is, like, predominantly women, too. Like, I mean, there's plenty of dudes that work there, but it's, like, predominantly women. It's kind of, like, nobody cares what, like, the other person's, like, really wearing. Although you do, if you're wearing something cute and you get a lot of compliments, that's always nice. <laughs> <laughs> The societal pressure part of it. That's the societal pressure. Anyway, what are you wearing, Ian? Um. Oh, I biked today. I got a new bike. Yay. My old bike got stolen. No. I got a new bike. Oh, oh, no. Well, that's half good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um. I am wearing just whatever random Adidas shorts um, that I wear constantly. I think they're like seven or eight years old, but they're still here. Impressive. Uh, maybe they're Nike. I don't really know. Um, and I'm wearing a United by Blue bandana. It's green. It's got a bunch of bears and stuff on it. It's comfy to wear under my helmet. Uh, and a bully shirt that I bought like two years ago. I think something at a like concert that. with Rob. Yeah. Um, and I have not listened to them once since. That's okay. <laughs> I mostly like this shirt, but there's like a bird shitting on it. <laughs> <laughs> It always makes me a little hesitant to wear. I think it's cartoony enough that people won't like pick it out right away. No, yeah, I can I can wear it around. It's not like predominantly bird shit, but yeah, no, it's uh, so subtle that I've owned this same shirt for two years and <laughs> haven't noticed it so far. So thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, it's not necessarily what I that that part isn't necessarily part of what I want to be wearing. Yeah, understandable. All right, before we climb back into our <laughs> cryogenic <laughs> podcast pods, uh, preserve our uh, podcasting abilities for another day, uh, I'd like to thank uh, Slow Club for the use of their song, Our Most Brilliant Friends, off the album, Yeah, So. Um, you know, our friends over at Slow Club actually put out a documentary, which is not available at the States yet, um, about maybe their brand breaking up. Ooh. Uh, or maybe just about their band. Who knows? Well... Um, whatever's best for, for you folks, uh, in Slow Club. So, I mean... And, and of course, we all know the name of this documentary is, uh... Rob? You, of course, know. 
It's also called Our Most Brilliant Friends by Slow Club. I knew that. Rob knew that. I'm sorry. I'm just reading through a backlog of news that's uh, since I've been in the cryo sleep. <laughs> um, thank you also to our special friend, Danny, for any uh, bleeps and bloops and musical interstitials that we use to make it sound like we know what we're talking about and had a continuous conversation this whole time. Wait, what? We got that. We got that. Um, yeah. Well, and this is also a learning program, isn't it, Rob? Oh, it is a learning program. That's right at the top of the list. Um, what did I learn? Hmm. So, Jackie, we're all going to say a thing we learned today. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> I guess I learned about myself, or maybe you just realized that I haven't ever really had any dreams where I have supernatural powers. That's not a thing that I had thought of before. I learned that the Emmys is just an in-game. <laughs> if you're Dr. Seuss, you automatically win an Emmy. Fat Albert Christmas special got robbed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I learned that actually, the even though I had always imagined after working on this campus for like four and a half years, that the urban work environment was probably like really passive aggressive fashion wise, that it sounds like it actually rules and I wish I worked there. <laughs> Come work with me. You probably don't want me. <laughs> <laughs>